Area 31, Roger. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. <laughs> wow. Holy God. Let's try. Let's try. Let's try. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. But first, let me introduce the members of the posse. Girls, get ready. Sit yourselves down. Get your fan. Get your mister. Get your big box of Kleenex, your big box of wipes, your squeegee, and your lube. Because, because a very famous one one is here. You might need extra lube tonight. Uh, I know there'd be a lube thing. I'm yeah. feeling a little frisky. <laughs> oh, wow. Hello, I feel a little dry. Hello, Hello girls. <laughs> Welcome to the show. It's going to be a great night tonight. I can feel it in the air. Mm. If I was an empath, and I'm not, Good. if I was an empath, I would say, you know what? I'm feeling the vibe already. Mm. And it's good. It's good. And it's good. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll get some uh, acknowledgement on that from Let's see what happens. Maybe the rest of the gang here. Also with us. No Coco tonight out saving the planet, but Switchblade Steve Warren, our national correspondent down there in the Pancake, West Virginia. Switchy, how you doing? I am beyond wonderful, and I'm a little bit too busy right now to be saving the planet. Mm-hmm. Okay. We well, understand that. Why? What are you doing? Trying to get a cat sitter? I'm just trying to clean the house. Oh, okay. All right. You know, <laughs> Even Superman would have a tough time with that, from what you've told us. Anyway, how, everything okay down there in... That's pretty good. South of the border, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's your background there? It looks like, uh, what's going on there? It's, it's very high tech. I spent a lot of money on it. It is a uh, uh, shower curtain with Mothman on it with a fan behind it. Wait a minute. Okay. All that for that. <laughs> so where were we anyway? We were talking about Switchy, right? Yeah, the Mothman. Uh, oh, that's the right. The Mothman okay. uh, background. So you've got a Mothman shower curtain. <laughs> yeah. Right and 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 how, what do you have a fan on it to make it move? Yeah, yeah. In the back, back there's a fan on low mm-hmm. to, to make it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Looks like I spent all kinds of money on the studio. It looks good, it, it, and I'll tell you the it might impress just the right lady if you know what I mean. You know, if she's really? into, she's into the moth, she's gonna be into. <laughs> yeah, that once song. you go moth, you yeah, know? <laughs> can't go back. <laughs> oh, wow. Once you go moth, you can't get off. <laughs> What's that joke about what do they use mothballs for? I don't know. Should we just start the whole thing over again? Should we start again? Or should Why, we is this, is this that bad? On? I don't know. I think you should soldier on. Yeah, well, it sounds funny now, but it usually doesn't sound funny tomorrow morning. Anyway, let's see what happens. Uh, it could be funnier. The voice we, yeah, sometimes it is. The voice you hear is uh, in the studio with us, UFO mechanic Al Ronaldo. Hey, Mac. Hi, everyone. In the house. Okay. Just glad to be here. You can tell your B story in a second, all right? All right. Oh, man. Had a, had a, had a big B situation here <laughs> last week. Big, big, big. 
Also with us is our uh, favorite good witch up there in Sideways, Young Raven, as well as Raven. How are you? Hi, my friends. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I got to tell you, I'm speaking for the whole group, but I love that hairdo. Love it. Oh, we do. I hate it so much. Why? I can't wait until it grows <laughs> she back. She still hates it. Tell I us hate it. <laughs> but it looks, uh, but, but what do you hate about it? way it? too short. Short? Yeah. It okay. literally, like, it's hard to see because my hair is dark, but, like, it literally comes up to, like, here. Yes. Where my hand is, mm-hmm. so. Okay. Yeah. And where was it's it before? The, it wasn't that, it wasn't that length before? Mm-mm. Mm. Oh, it was way longer. Wow. Huh? Well, it'll grow back, right? I mean, I hope. I, yeah. you know, I guess we, we really don't know. It usually does, though. Okay. <laughs> it usually does. That's usually yeah. the case. And you gave your hairdresser a tip on top of that, right? Yeah, I did. Because, as I had mentioned, I'm a millennial. So, yep. you, mm. you know, through through gritted teeth and holding back tears, I Is told her I loved it. Is that it? <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm a baby boomer, and I give the young lady that cuts my hair a tip. Really? What? Don't play the hosses? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a tipper. Let that wow. sink in. Let that sink in. You got to tip them. See, I don't even pay the lady. I don't even pay the lady. You get a lot of mileage out of it at certain places like Farmer's Kitchen up in Farmington. Yes. I come walking in, all right? Yes. And I'm I'm looking around to see whether I'm going to sit at the counter or I'm going to sit at the booth. It depends who else is in there. Go ahead. And if I decide to sit at the counter, the, these girls will come by and they, you know, they want to they want to wait on me because they know they're going to get a good tip and it's some good conversation. Okay. One girl, she wants to wait on me and the boss, the boss woman says, wait a minute, I told you you're going to work tables 25 or 26 so you got to move on. Oh, just, wow, really? Yeah, she, this happens once in a while. Pissed off because, you know, she couldn't take care of me that particular day. Oh, Don't worry, there's always tomorrow, sweetheart. You got it. <laughs> I had it made at that place. <laughs> Even um, though I spent extra money doing it with tips. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times I was fifty uh, percent uh, tipping. Well, I've fifty you know, percent tipped. If you're buying a tipped, meal for twelve bucks, not on bucks, a meal like, though. You've seen pictures of my meals. Those meals were were like maybe twelve bucks, and I got three plates full of it's, stuff. I had a guy next sit beside me saying, "Are all those plates for you?" I said, yeah. Just yeah. say, mind your own business. <laughs> I think that whole tipping thing is like so out of control. What now. did you just tell me about your haircut? You? Oh, I don't pay for a haircut. I just. I go to the the lady that my wife goes to right. to get her hair done. Yes. I just show up every third time. Yes. Sue gets her hair done. She cuts my hair. I go in. I say, hi, how are you? Mm-hmm. She cuts my hair. Have a good day. Get a hug. Off I go. Get a hug. I get a, I've known her for years. Okay. But the, the bottom line is Sue pays for it. I have no idea what she pays. I have no idea what, what she right. tips. I'm like, Nowadays not my tip. business. If you, tip 20, if you tip 20%, you're a schmuck, you know. But well, I don't. No, you know, I look at it this way. It, if it was a fifty dollar meal, that'd be something different. But um, yeah, it, it's. I know some of it goes to the uh, the bus boy or bus girl. Yeah, yeah. Some, screw some of it goes to the uh, cooking staff. Yeah, I, they, I know, but it's just it's so out of control. Yeah, it's, it just, it's at like, the end of the day. Here's the thing: is 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 that you know with waitress with bartenders, let's say, mm-hmm. bartender bar maids, let's say, fifty mm-hmm. percent. Okay, no yeah. matter no matter what you got, all right? That's right. right. You and I have agreed agreed yeah. on that a long time. We've ago. done that, you know, for years. Uh, but a meal, yep. a meal is different, you know. A meal is different. I mean, if it's if it's really good service and stuff, you can throw them. I mean, twenty percent well, is nothing anymore, apparently. So you can throw only you know, thirty percent or whatever. I'm, I don't do it at like a, a chain restaurant, although it depends on who's working there. Yeah, chains are different, Mac, right? Yeah, Mac, I sent you. Pictures what, what, of the staff at Farmer's Kitchen. Yes, in the past, you did. Right? Yes, yes. Oh, was that a um, was that an issue of penthouse or something? I got them mixed up. 
He's just sending me pictures of these waitresses in the diner. They're all in Sports Illustrated bathing suits. Yeah, they, yeah, there was gr- girls. They always send me pictures at uh, girls, girls' day out or something like that. Wow. Maybe that's why <laughs> you know, he moved to the UK. And I would point out to you, all these girls worked at Farmer's Kitchen at one, at one point or another, and three of them worked at the same time. Well, and they, worked, they all worked on Saturday. So I'm going, what's not to like? There was a good hiring practice there, apparently. You got it. This guy is fantastic. And, and it's a very low turnover, too. It's a pretty good place. Well, listen, now that we're talking about you, real quick, tonight our guest is Chris <laughs> R. I'm writing this uh, series called Codename Starman. And uh, it's about the adventures of this military detective who has just a little bit of ESP. His name is Chris Starr. Well, the person, there's really a real life Chris Starr. His name is Chris R. He uh, worked at the Defense Department, had a lot of cool jobs. And um, he's the person that we base the stories um, codenamed Starman on. So he's going to be joining us a little bit later on. And uh, Raven and Switch have reports, right, guys? Absolutely, Mac. Correct. Did she say erect or correct? <laughs> That's what I heard. That's what, what I heard. You know what I heard? That's what no, I heard. I think she said a wreck. Okay. She said correct with okay. a C, like Charlie. Oh, is that, that, that in memorial for Pee Wee Herman? Or <laughs> right, yes. Do, 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 do. Poor Pee Wee. Poor Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, that's Ooh, a funny yeah, thing. One of the favorite bits. It's one of the funniest things ever filmed that they killed with the, him <laughs> dancing on the bow with all the bikers that, around. Like on a Johnny Carson show Shit. or something, right? With yeah. the with the the little dinner rolls on the fork. Yeah, 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 yeah. He got caught um, exposing himself in a in a theater. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was a, it was a, a penal code violation. Oh, yes, oh, wow. yes, thank you, Steve. Thank you. Let's, I'm glad we got that out of the way. In the, in the first degree, yeah. but he was a funny guy. You know, he was he was not he was. just funny. He was he my just kids was loved him. Out my there, kids, yeah. Uh, Doug, yeah. the Pee Wee Herman show. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And uh, Big Adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids loved yeah, those him. movies. Were fun. Two girls, you know. But listen, um, speaking of JJ, we have a top ten list tonight. Oh, you know, Keith. Uh, yeah, oh, Keith. Um, Willie Club uh, is. Uh, He's attending to a sick relative. Yeah, as it turns out. Okay. Probably chasing the nurses around as well. So, but look. And, and you, know, you know what, Mac? I had my toupee uh, dry cleaned. Just for this? Pressed. I should Just have. For yeah. Him. Yeah. It was a last minute thing. Okay. So, yeah. but, I, but I'll tell okay. him. Well, I wish him all the luck. Okay. Uh, so, Raven, do we have a top 10 list? I hope. So you sent me a top ten, yes. but there's no name. No name. All right, let's see if I can. I don't know what, what to call it, but I yes, think... I have the rest of it. Okay, I think the name of it is top ten reasons why Juan Juan was not asked to join the Hollywood Vampires. How about that? Let's see if that makes sense. Okay, top ten, <laughs> top ten reasons why Juan Juan was not asked to join the top ten of at least a hundred reasons why. Right, it's only a two-hour <laughs> show. The ten. Right, top ten why he was not asked to join the Hollywood Vampires, which he which he saw recently in England, and they just yeah. they just played a show in Boston, man, and and I'm just kicking myself that I didn't go see that because it sounded when the Boston Globe gives it like a good review, it must have just kicked ass, you know what I mean? Yeah, because they don't like. I was anything. so shocked about that. Yeah, it sounded really good. I was shocked about the good the good performance, but I was shocked about the way the Globe wrote yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah, yep. They're almost a little moist over that whole thing, but I, I got to see him again. You know, got to see him again. So anyway, here's the top ten reasons why 
Juan Juan was not asked to join the Hollywood Vampire. So Hollywood Vampires, by the way, have uh, Alice Cooper, Joe Perry of Aerosmith, Johnny Depp, uh, another couple guys from uh, Alice Cooper's band, and um, they're good. They're good. They're a big show. They're a big arena band now, you know? They're big. Mm, yep. Let's take a project. Anyway, so here we go. Number 10, when we start the music here, top 10 reasons why J.J. wasn't asked to join the Hollywood Vampires. Please, right, number 10. Number 10. He's sex robotussin, not blood. <laughs> <laughs> he sucks robotussin. Not you said <laughs> code autocorrected it. Wow. To Pati- sex. Particularly if it has codeine in it. Yes. <laughs> I guess that's the subtext. I remember but... my doctor when I was a kid used to oh give me, used to tell my mother to get the uh, robotussin or whatever it was. Yes. With codeine. Yes. Now, oh, yeah, that'll knock you right out. Yeah, you're in Yeah. Kid. And yeah. I needed the knockout, man. Yeah, we all did. As a kid. Next to <laughs> yeah, Paragoric. My, my par- yeah, Paragoric was <laughs> also. Coding, mom. Paragoric was like crazy, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Beat the scotch that my uh, parents used to give me as a kid. Next. So I could sleep. Next, please. Raven. Number nine. Uh, sleep all day and stay out all night. What's your point? <laughs> because he's a vampire. Okay. <laughs> Next, please. <laughs> Number eight. Uh, the band already has a handsome, hunky Hollywood type young. Yeah, and we'd just be competition. It'd be stupid. <laughs> right, it would. Yeah, it wouldn't look. It wouldn't be balanced on stage. As they say. No, it wouldn't. Wow, next. These are all from the top of my uh, head. So, let's go, please. Wow. <laughs> Number seven. Uh, Ann Wilson would not allow it. Ann Wilson of high would not allow it. Nancy wouldn't. Nancy wouldn't either. Who's but, the blonde? You know, Ann would. Uh... Oh, the, the Nancy's the blonde, right? Yeah. Oh, I should know that. Let's revise that. Nancy Wilson would not allow it. Uh, she and uh, Juan will have a little bit of history. Uh, next, please. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Number six. Uh, he would have to give up his membership in that fancy British British private club. Oh, yeah. Ooh. The Pennington Social Club. Yes. I wonder. No way am I giving that up. Maybe you could join a fancier one in yes. France. Or a less private Mr. one. Depp. Yeah. Well, the so there's that to think about. Where does he get the dough to buy all these places? Johnny Depp. Uh, next, Raven, <laughs> please. These are top ten reasons why Juan uh, Juan was not invited to join the Hollywood Vampires. Okay, number five. His good friend Prince Andrew killed the deal because he said Juan Juan's talents are needed elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's going to make sense you know how to much people. I admire Prince Andrew. <laughs> That'll make sense to people who listen to the show regularly. If not. Let's move on. Right. Oh, man. Okay. Number four. <laughs> He'd probably have to learn a few chords on the guitar. Right, right. CG, CG and F sharp will get you by. Okay. Okay. Got those covered. Thing. Next, please, right? Number three. Um, he would have to revise his old motto from his days as a roadie. Quote, no groupies, no cooties. No groupies. <laughs> no cooties. When you when you see him jumping off of the person, then you know, know yes, it's space. time to uh, reevaluate. Okay, please, next, right? Okay, number two. Um, he can't leave his good buddy Winston the Hedgehog for that long. Now he's got two of them. Now he's got two of them. Is that his name, Winston or Churchill? Exactly. You know, Win- Winston, I can identify. The other one, um, he smokes like the hedgehogs. So they all look alike, except uh, this one has a like a little. 
strip of color on his back. Really? Like he brushed up against some white paint. Oh, really? Why don't you trap trap him in one of those have-a-hot traps and spray paint him like lime green? Put his initials on And then you'll know know him immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea. You could do that. Just keep them. Yeah, I don't want to do that. But, um, yeah. You know, if you need a name, Mac did use Pancake West Virginia this week for Switchy's home. You could just call him Pancake West Virginia. If you need a name. Okay, and then that rolls yeah. right off the right. top. Right, um, and explain Flapjack, that West Virginia flapjack. Oh, was it flapjack? Even... Okay. <laughs> Did I say flapjack or pancake? Either pancake. One. I like. Well, I mean, they mean the same thing, but Thanks. yeah, I mean, and last name obviously it would be West Virginia. Right, and send that last name. Send that to the, the hedgehog. hedgehog that lives in the UK. Send that to the hedgehog's traffic committee, <laughs> right? <laughs> anyway, let's get out of this. Okay, yeah, please, Raven. All right, we're at number one. Um, number one, I'm sorry. Just ask Mrs. JJ. Come on, you got to tell the story, Wani. What happened when you asked uh, if you could join the oh, hot tour? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's uh, don't quit your day job and uh, don't bother coming home. Yeah. Oh. I mean, <laughs> Wow, that's In the most, that order? That most, most succinct he's ever been. Yeah, and that's what it was. That's a yeah. sick burn. <laughs> huh. Well, well, that's okay. Uh, so yeah, anyway. it, she, was, she, she wasn't that mean about it, but she kind of you know, laid it on the line. It sure sounds <laughs> it. But look. You know what happens when you find your calling? You just, you know, most, most men who uh, have, a, you know, cojones, they just follow their, their calling and that's it. Huh. Me, I had other interest and i'm going you know what you got the wife she's pretty cute and interest she's a good woman you got the family mm-hmm. you got the dog and the you know you got the dachshunds and the cat yes i guess i had to stick around That'd yes be my best bet yes yes well you know but that's how i approached it pretty soon in a and if the hollywood vampires asked me to join them i would say you know what i'm okay with the uh one four five chord progressions which ones do you want but you know what um I might have to practice a little bit in some of your material. Mm. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, listen. Why don't we do this? No, you know what? Why don't we do this? Why don't we ask Switch? No, excuse me. Wow, what a disaster this segment has been. Jesus. I'm going to have to do a lot of fucking editing on this. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a commercial break now, regroup, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Star Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. Hawk Hunter, the wingman, has finally rid the world of its worst-ever supervillain, Victor Robotov. But in Mac Maloney's latest book, War of Dragons, we learn the maniacal terrorist ghost still haunts our battered, devastated planet. In War of Dragons, book 22 in Mac's best-selling wingman series, Hawk and his united American allies uncover Victor's bizarre plot from beyond the grave. The super-terrorist hid six nuclear bombs around the Mediterranean before he died, knowing their detonation will empty out the Great Sea and cause a worldwide catastrophe. Guarding these weapons of mass destruction, he's left behind a family of ferocious air dragons, eternal aerial sentinels that will stop at nothing to protect their late master's unthinkable secrets. Sailing aboard their gigantic aircraft carrier, the USS USA, Hawk and the United Americans must battle their way across the Mediterranean, slaying these dragons in hopes of beating Victor's allies to the nuke's secret locations before time runs up. If not, then the world will face a very nasty, very watery Armageddon. 
It's Game of Thrones meets Top Gun in Wingman 22, War of Dragons by Mech Maloney. On sale now on Amazon. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Tracks on Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Why would the show we have for you tonight? Let me introduce the co-conspirators, girls. He's here, the very famous Juan Hello, girls. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I know it's going to be a good one tonight, Mac. No Coco tonight out saving the planet, if not the solar system. But Switchblade switch Steve Ward is here, our national correspondent down there in uh, Flapjack, West Virginia. <laughs> Great to be here, Mac. Yeah. How, how are you? I'm I, I am beyond wonderful. Obligated to ask you that. Um, no uh, clip tonight. He's uh, attending a sick friend, but our favorite good witch up there in, wow, in sideways New York. Raven is with us. Raven, how are you? Hi, my friends. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Has anyone else commented on how much they like your hairdo? Um, no, because it, it sucks. Oh, it's okay. trash. I, I do. <laughs> I, I like it. Other than you guys, <laughs> we took a vote. All the drunk guys like you had them. Also, with us, joining us tonight, and we're gonna have to let's clap him in, as they say in the biz. Please clap him in. Chris R., one and only Chris R., uh, who, uh, well, I, I tried to explain it earlier. I read a series of books called um, Codename Starman, and um, basically, they are about a military detective who has just a little bit of ESP, two seconds of ESP. Just in time, just enough time to duck a punch, and but a lot of their every book has like three episodes in it, and a number of the episodes I got from Chris R. I guess tonight who used to work for well everybody, and um, so you are the person who the character is based on, Chris. How so, cool is that, Chris? It's, it's an honor, I'm telling you. Is it really? Uh, yeah. It's still a trip, you know. <laughs> uh, so you is had- there a uniform that he can get fitted for so next time he comes on the show that uh, he hey. could be dressed for we're, the part? We're a radio show though. Capes and stuff. Okay, yeah, cape. I like the capes. Yeah. Okay. What if he did like a book signing though, and he had yeah. like a, a a uniform to wear? Mm. That would be cool. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Kind of like cosplay yourself. That's right. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that'd be kind of weird. Yeah, but JJ, when do we get books based on our lives? Yeah. Never I mean, I got happen. some great plot ideas, man. Yeah, you you want to? You do. Here we step till midnight tonight. Here we go. You know. Here we go. <laughs> Please tell me how you write a book. So anyway, Chris, so you're down in Houston, right? Yes, sir. Okay. And um, now you, you, you spent a lot of time as kind of like a bodyguard for a U.S. Navy admiral, right, in the, a few years ago? Yeah, I was the uh, Seventh Fleet Commander's uh, personal security assistant and mm-hmm. then also in the uh, Combined Joint Terrorist Force, uh, Horn of Africa. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's how we, uh, we kind of met because you run a, a destroyer that was on like pirate hunting duties and I had just written a series called The Pirate Hunters and they managed to send 350 books to the ship, if you can believe it, all autographed. You did, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was wow. a big deal. Yep, that was kind of cool. And, that, and you were the, like an observer or something on the ship, right? Yeah, I was the uh, senior law enforcement advisor. So basically I was helping the uh, Singaporean crew and the U.S. crew uh, fight piracy and kind of giving them the perspectives and doing the arrests and uh, seizing evidence. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and did that problem go away or do we just not hear about it as much? 
Yeah, it died down a little bit. I think once the uh, Somali government kind of stabilized, mm-hmm. um, they kind of came back in and you know kind of reestablished their fishing, and the piracy kind of kind of died down. I mean, it's still out there, but not like mm-hmm. it was in the early 2010s. When I um, it was funny because when I signed the deal to write Pirate Hunters, I thought I'd be writing like off the horn of um, Somalia and stuff, where there is there was a lot of pirate activity, but the most pirate activity is actually in the Java Strait and off of Indonesia and Malaysia and stuff. It's unbelievable there that you don't hear. Absolutely. So anyway, um, so then you went from there to um, where did you go from the military? Now you, you were in Japan for a while. You met your lovely wife there. You were married on an aircraft carrier. Admirals were at your wedding. Yeah, it was great. I was on the USS George Washington uh, at sea, and it was uh, definitely a unique experience for everybody. And it was pretty cool. We had uh, ten stars at our wedding. Wow, that's Jeez. crazy, man. So then, and then where'd you go from there after you left Japan? I uh, went back to Texas. No, I'm sorry. After Japan, I went to Hawaii. Okay. I was at Pearl Harbor. Did that for a couple of years and then uh, finally settled back in Texas, mm-hmm. uh, Corpus Christi, San Antonio, and now I'm in uh, Houston. And, and uh, you didn't like Hawaii that much or there was some downsides to Hawaii, right? Um, it was just a follow-on overseas assignment. It was good for my wife to kind of like, you know, get a driver's license and kind of ease into the U.S. culture. I was still having that Japan tie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was nice, but it was, uh, I wanted to get back home. Yeah, right, right. So then now you, um, you're, you're in NOAA, which is um, National? National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Okay. And, and you go after people who are illegally fishing or doing something illegal having to do with fishing, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. So you still have a gun and, you know, an anti-grav belt and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. We actually have a lot more, uh, a lot more gear. We're you know, a nautical agency, so we're on boats, so there's yep. a lot more things to consider and uh, – also on land, so. So, so what's what's the biggest crime that you are looking for, in your present position? Uh, um, so it's a pretty wide jurisdiction. So uh, the biggest thing that we deal with here, especially in Texas, is like the seafood fraud. Um, so people false labeling products, you know, saying it's one type of fish and then selling it as another. Mm. That's a multi-billion-dollar fraud industry. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we used to go on fishing, um, you know, out on the fishing boats from the, the charters, the charters, and you'd go mackerel fishing. But mackerel would swim with pollock, right? And I would just tell you, if you catch the pollock, throw it back. You know, it's just like a trashy fit. And now that's all they make fish cakes and fish sticks out of is 100% white pollock. So he's throwing back. But I guess you can eat it. It's not going to kill you. So what the hell, right? Just don't label it as a $35 a pound, you know, wild-caught red snapper. Yeah, okay. That's, right. So there's the, yeah, there's the fraud. Yeah, there's yeah. the fraud. That's interesting. Yeah. So, so in, how would you know if it's the first time, you know, Eating a thirty-five dollar piece of snapper, how would you know? You know, wow, that's funny. Right. So is yeah, that that was what I was wondering? Do they have like an expert like taster that's like, no, 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 <laughs> have a seat. Let me explain this. <laughs> wow, so that's the fraud. Now I get it. Now it makes sense. Isn't like um, Chilean sea bass isn't from Chile? It's not from the sea. It's not a bass or something like that. Yeah, they change a lot of that to like country of origin. You know, saying it's Chilean and calling it Canadian or Scottish. Wow, increases the value. Wow, what a nutty thing! This stuff goes on, and you know, you, you, you would never, you never really think about it, you know. But so is now. You were involved too with um, uh, when you were with uh, NCIS, right? Which is kind of like the Navy's civilian police force in a way, right? Detectives. But you were also kind of a a a, a, a consultant for the TV show. Yes, right? yeah, I got all the uh, scripts and would give them technical advice and. 
ideas and kind of correcting things, you know, from some realism, but also incorporating Hollywood, kind of using my acting background. Okay. And you were on the set and met them all and stuff like that, weren't you, on the set? Uh, yeah, I went out a couple times and then, uh, yeah, got the script sent to me. And then they actually developed NCS Hawaii right as I was leaving. So Oh, wow, wow. Did they, they, they ever offer you a walk-on pod or anything like that? He looks like he'd look good on TV, right? Yeah. You well, would. I NCIS, but I actually ended up doing uh, the new Walker Texas Ranger once I got to, to Texas. Oh, that's right. That's right. You were oh, in that cool. show. Now, how did that happen? Yeah, they were just, uh, you know, I got my, my SAG card when I was in Hawaii. Oh. And then I uh, started doing some stuff in Austin because it's a big film industry. Yep. And then, you know, kind of one thing led to another and got some of those projects. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Texas, uh, who's that? Isn't that uh, Chet Norris? Uh, it's a, Jerry Padalecki is the new one. Oh, okay. All right. So did you get to slap the hero around a little bit? <laughs> Were you the bad I was, guy? I was a good guy on that one. I was oh. a trooper. Uh, oh, we, uh, like a state trooper? Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> How much did you get paid? Uh, it was it was pretty good, you know. Um, I would say if I could make a career doing acting, I probably would. But yeah. uh, okay. it was easier to become a real law enforcement officer. So Okay. How, oh, let me ask you this, because I, I actually had a small – Pot in a movie once, and I was surprised how much they paid me. But but uh, how many days were you working on the set? Um, so usually it was like a, a day they play per episode. And okay. I think I ended up doing like seven or eight episodes. Oh so wow, like reoccurring role. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna have to read. I'm gonna have to watch these things. They oh. gotta be out there somewhere. So okay, so you had to deal with them. Did they sign you one, uh, you know, a bunch of contracts, or was it a multi contract? Yeah, it was an individual. So they, yeah. you know, say, hey, we need someone for this day. Yep. And then uh, since it was pretty much every time they were in the the station, I'd be there. So it was pretty regular. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So as I've said before, I was in a John Travolta movie many years ago, and how I got there is like a whole other story. But they and I was just an extra, you know, uh, among many extras. But they paid us a hundred bucks a day. Now this is in nine bucks lunch. Yeah, and it, well, no, actually, and, and Chris, you'll know about this. It, it was, um, what do you call the catering uh, services that follow around Hollywood movies yeah, and stuff? Craft services. Craft yeah. services, baby. Really good food. Just, you know, really good food. You know, it wasn't box lunch at all. And we, we were just sitting around uh, for five days and worked a half a day and all that time. 100 bucks a day, they fed you. And plus, all we did was play poker. I probably won about another 200 bucks in poker, you know. <laughs> but it's interesting to see how. They put those things together. Um, a movie, TV, I know is you know less you know it's a little quicker. You know, it's a little more, it moves along a little bit. But a movie, boy, what a drag! Boring, hanging around. Luckily, we can play cards. But so, are you uh, have you done any acting recently? Yeah, so I was in the uh, the new upcoming uh, series Bass Reeves. So it's kind of like the Yellowstone spinoffs. Oh yeah, huh? Wow. So and then, uh, uh, and are you a bad guy in that, or you're another good guy? Uh, I guess it depends on uh, what side of the. Uh, you know, Confederacy oh. of the Union you're on. Oh, really? So what are you? Tell us. So what are you? I was a Union soldier. Oh, there you go. Okay. So from Texas, I'm a, I'm a bad guy. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> you might need a, a disguise. So th- so that's cool. So what? Do you, so how does that? How did that happen? You're doing that now. You doing it? Uh, so that they, they've already finished filming, so it should be coming out in the fall. Okay. So you're not on strike then. Uh, I am on strike. Yeah. You are on strike. Yeah. Currently on strike. So no projects right now. Yep. Jeez. Yep. So well, how long um, is that going to last? What do you think, Chris? Give me the, give us the inside track. Uh, so there's an interim agreement right now. Uh, I think they're just working on, you know, getting the final push. But right. um, it's just a lot of, you know, changing technologies and, you know, the yeah. industry trying to catch up. So it's, it's kind of interesting to, you know, really see what the, the deals are. You know, years ago, um, when this happened big time in the 80s, I think, um, it, it really, uh, you know, it was is the cause for the dumbing down of America. Because what happened was all the Hollywood – back then, all the Hollywood producers – kind of realized that what MTV was doing made sense because they were doing all those uh, reality, you know, the very beginning of reality shows. Yeah. 
They cost nothing to make. And now everyone's on strike, so they started, you know, with a lot of reality shows. And yeah, reality shows. Yeah, the plastic surgeons in L.A. are working seven days a week now because everybody's off. So yeah. They've got time to, like, do their work and then recover. Mm-hmm. Not people do. So lots of, yeah, lots of change is going to be uh, probably the next couple of months. And I did see that they were, you know. The did place- I buy stock in Botox products or what? Oh, yep, you <laughs> but- news for club. Oh, wow. <laughs> not even here. I did say that they were um, picketing outside NBC Universal. And I don't know if you saw this story, but they would, they would pick it around these very high kind of hedge-looking look, trees. They're trees, but they're hedges, kind of nice and you know, manicured and stuff. And they would, their picket line was in the shade of these trees. And NBC cut down all the branches, and now they're just stumps. In the sun? Yeah, so Boiling. they have to do it in the sun, yeah. Yeah, yeah they did it without a permit, too. Without, yeah, they don't, it turns out they don't manage. It's a whole thing, but they, they basically did it illegally so that they wouldn't have shade. So it's really messed up. That's bad, man. That's oh. really bad faith, you know? That's bad faith, I think. So, well, oh, but, but good. it looks like they're, they're, they're going to, you know, settle it within a month or so, would you say, Chris, if they can? We'll see. You know, I mean, it's, you know, coming in the fall, so you know, everything's pretty much been filmed already. So right. the new shows will come out still. But then after that, you got to have some new content. So, so do they film that in Houston or do you have to fly somewhere to be on? Uh, so Tyler Sheridan, uh, Taylor Sheridan is kind of the one that does all that. So okay. His ranch is actually outside of Dallas. Mm. So all of his shows are kind of filmed in that area of Fort Worth. Um, yeah. I did a couple of things in Houston, but Austin and Dallas are the main kind of markets here in Texas. And do you have lines? Uh, not yet. Okay. So the way they kind of do it is you show up and then it's like, okay, you, you, and you, and they kind of do it on the spot. So a lot of it's not scripted, but okay. they'll improv it and bump you up. Really? So they improv a lot of stuff. And, and what are you? You're just like a union soldier, like slapping yeah, around but rebels? Yeah, I can't give away too much of it uh, until it comes out. Okay. But, um, wow. Interesting. All right. That's, you got a whole new career. That's cool, man. Do you have any groupies yet? Uh, we'll see. You know? <laughs> we'll <I can> see. <laughs> okay, cool. That is so cool, Chris. Well, listen, while we get you on, I just want to ask you this question. Um, so you must follow, you must hear about this these, these UFO hearings that they're having in Washington and stuff. And yeah. it's uh, it's funny because there's a lot of it in the news, but there's not a lot of content in the news. It's just kind of headlines, you know. No, There's no proof. There's no smoking gun. So w- what do you think is going on here? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, I know we've kind of talked about this before, but I think we're on the brink of, you know, finding out. Something. Um, you know, said it was kind of coincidentally when the lesson was first starting, and then they all of a sudden formed, you know, Space Force. Yes, right. That's there now, and they're actually, you know, militarizing it and formalizing things, and I think the mechanisms are in place, but it's just a matter of, you know, how are society going to react when they actually get the news? That's you know, the what are the implications question. for, you know, religion mm. and you know, society and how we think about things and, you know, what else is out there? Um, you know, it's, I think it's too big not to be. But you, you know the military mindset, okay? So is that the reason behind the reason is that we, they, us, we just don't know how society will react if we find out there's people other than us? That's, I think that's a big part of it, you know, is, is how are people going to react and what's policy going to do, you know? Um, obviously, different administrations have different views on how, you know, they handle those kind of situations from a military standpoint. You know, it's like, you know, what technology are we working on? What's classified? What do we know? What do we have? Mm-hmm. You know, especially being here in Houston, I live like 10 minutes from NASA. Yes. You know, and I'm there all the time and, you know, seeing the things and talking to the astronauts and, you know, listening to some of the presentations. And it's just, you know, there's the universe is too big for there's something not to be there. Yes. And I think people kind of yeah. thought about it. But now when the proof is actually out there, you know, it's like, well, what do we do? Right. And they and I get a feeling they don't know really what to do. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, 
I think it, it's going to be game changing, you know, because people, you know, for so long have thought one way, and now it's like, well, now we got to think of something else, and mm-hmm. you know, then panic sets in, and yep. I think they're kind of easing us into it with the, you know, the AI arguments, and you know, kind of the Terminator, and yep. you know, the futurism. It's I'll tell you, there's just just in the past few months, like several things are coming together, like they sometimes do in history. Okay, it's this whole idea that UFOs that the that the Pentagon, the military, is actually saying they've never admitted before. But they say, okay, they do exist, we just don't know what they are. Which is what they should have said a long time ago, and it's still, sure. in, in, you know, true today. I don't think they know what they are. I really don't. Um, you see, you have that. You have this whole AI thing happening, and and all these stories every day. AI is going to, you know, kill the human race. Okay, and then you have the James Webb Telescope that is up there and discovering things that are like mind-boggling. And they found, you know. A trillion more galaxies. So they know the universe is actually twice that age, which throws off every measurement they've ever had. And, and, and you know, who knows what else. But they found out that there are two trillion galaxies. Two trillion galaxies. And I think every galaxy has an average of like two million stars in it. And, and a lot of them are a lot more than that. So how can we be the only ones? It's, it's an immeasurable impossibility that we are the only life forms in this, in this vast place. Or if we are, it's really freaky. So, so anyway, Chris, have I sent you the latest book, The God Satellite on the Sale? No, I, I actually I was I came across my Amazon. I'm like, wait a minute, I don't have that one yet. Oh, okay, all right, you will have it tomorrow. And uh, so, how's how's the now? You, uh, you, you how old is your son now? Uh, he's a little. He just turned two in March, so two and a half. Really? Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah, does he's doing great. They're actually uh, in Japan right now. My uh, my house flooded, so I'm here supervising the construction, and they they got out of Dodge. Wow, your house oh, flooded! No. Oh, that's a lot of fun. When your house floods, it's fun, tons of fun. So, <laughs> so, does your son watch you on TV? Um, he loves watching things on like YouTube and on my phone. So I think mm-hmm. it's it, it's kind of weird. Like he like sees me, but he prefers watching me on the small screen than like in person. So. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> does he ask for your autograph? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I do a deep dive into You can that. do that yeah. for when he has like a school function when they ask like the parents to bring in cupcakes or something. Yeah. Just oh. hand out your autograph instead. Yeah, you like, yeah. oh, I don't have time for that. I'm <laughs> too busy for cupcakes, kids. When it's show and tell day, he'll drag you in and uh, you know, talk about you. So that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. I mean, my dad, technically, the, my dad like, the movie star. Well, yeah. That and like, you know, you're technically taking down pirates. Like, what yeah. kid wouldn't want to like talk about that? That's no, yeah. Okay. Well, hey, listen. Like Johnny Depp could tag along, you know. You know he, dress he, up as Captain. Jack I think Chris has a little bit of a Johnny Depp, a cleaned up Johnny Depp look to him. Those are yeah. just me. Do I have Johnny Depp on the line? Well, listen, Chris. Thanks very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. You were down in Key West uh, recently. Yeah, just got back on uh, Sunday. I was there for a week doing a big uh, lobster op. So. A lobster uh, was it undercover What's lobster? What's the lobster op? But what's that consist of? Yeah. So the last uh, two Wednesday, Thursday in July every year is a, called mini season. Okay. And it's basically where all the recreational people can come out and catch like six lobster a day. So okay. like fifty thousand people kind of flood to Key West and all, you know, get the keys and get their lobster. So it's just kind of a, a free for all of boats and people everywhere. So they need all the help they can get. Yeah, yeah. So, so did you catch anyone uh, doing anything illegally? Anything fishy? Say it again. Did you catch anyone? Oh, wow, what a line. Did you catch <laughs> say it again? <laughs> did you catch anyone doing anything fishy? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? There was yeah. Uh, you know, people fishing in the, the spas, restricted areas and no dive flags and, you know, just kind of their normal normal stuff, but just a lot more of them. Mm-hmm. Hey, Man, you know, they should make a TV show out of that. Yeah. Because I watched that one that they do up in Maine, Northwoods Law. Yeah, that's they a good show. that, but for you, I love that show. And yeah, I would love that. There's a show, uh, I think it's on Stars. it's called Hightown. 
and it features a, a NOAA agent. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, I'm going to have to check that out. I've never heard of it. I think it should be a reality show called Lobster Mobsters. <laughs> <laughs> it's Chris Hart. Okay, but if it was about like what, what Chris does, I would watch that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I love watching yeah. people get taken down for doing shady stuff. Yeah, and then the next episode, he's clearing out his basement that got flooded. The next yeah. episode, he's flying somewhere to star in a show. Well, man, we should write this stuff down. So, Trade market. Hey, it's uh, our idea. One last fish <laughs> question. That's how that works, Make this right? up. This is real stuff. Yep. One last fish wow. question. I saw a, 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 an episode of River Monsters. Ever watched that show with that guy, that like nutty English guy? Yeah. Well, Jeremy, whatever. Yeah. Jeremy Wade. Uh, yeah, he's a little uh, sketchy. But in my opinion, he the the best episode on that show is he's in Alabama and he catches a, an alligator guy. You know what that is? Yeah. That's a that, that's like a freaking sea monster, man. I mean, and they're in our river, so it it has a snout like oh, like a bit long thin alligator, and then it looks kind of porpoisey or something. But I mean, have you ever run into an alligator guy, Chris? Oh yeah, they're definitely down here in the Texas area. So, mm-hmm. and what are they? Or uh, like offshore deep sea stuff, but definitely you know around these parts, you mm-hmm. kinds of crazy, crazy critters. If they bite you, wow. you're gonna get a bite, right? You're gonna feel it, right? Oh yeah, it's definitely very unpleasant. Hey, look, well, one one more fish question. So now up here in Cape Cod, we were talking about earlier that there are more white sharks now off the coast of Cape Cod than there are off of South Africa. There's a lot of stuff going on with the ocean, like the dolphin, you know, the whale attacks and shark attacks, mm-hmm. and, you know, these species. It's just, um, you know, you can kind of look at some of the factors like just the different maintenance of the ocean and the warmings and the populations, the wind farms, and mm-hmm. you know, again, it's like. The animals are behaving differently because things are going on in the ocean. Well, see, let's, uh, you brought this up. So now this is funny because just, uh, you know, in the past couple of months, there have been reports of killer whales attacking fishing boats, okay, off of Spain and other places. Now, I read somewhere that um, they, they that killer whales kind of do things for like one or two years. It's almost like a habit. Then they forget and they go do something else. And, you know, they used to attack the propellers of ships and stuff like that. But – now these sharks, killer sharks, are kind of doing the same thing. Are we just hearing about these things, or is this something really going on here, as you say, because the ocean's getting warm and crowded and polluted? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, just I, now that I'm paying attention to it, I see it obviously a lot more. Mm. But now that I'm looking at seeing things, it's like it really is, you know, the source of life. And, you know, you're kind of messing with the, the ecosystem, and they're responding, you know, the only way they know how. Wow, that's crazy, man. So they might turn against us at some point, right? All the flounder and right. all. Yeah. Right, the AI arms them, and, you know. AI, yeah. Oh, yeah, they'll yeah, team up with AI. Up. Oh, man, okay. I just read a crazy story that said whales t- ganged up on, like, a shark and, like, took its liver. Oh, yeah, And, Big and like, time. took off with it. And I, I'm like, what? And what? I was reading it. It was insane. Yeah, killer, he, killer whales. He needs that. Predate on... White sharks, oh yeah, and they, they're smart enough that they can, they'll manipulate the thing into a position, and then they'll go in and they'll rip its liver out. Oh, they can flip it over, which kind of tranquilizes the shark. Yes, and then they know they're smart enough to go in right under the gills and rip it open and pull out the liver. Really, very intelligent uh, sea creature. So, uh, so Chris, so thanks a lot. We so sh- we should be watching for you on uh, repeats of Texas. No, what was it? Walker, Walker, Walker Texas, Texas Ranger. Okay, the the new season, and then now this um, this flashback for the Tombstone. I mean Yellowstone uh, series, which is a huge hit, unbelievable how big Yellowstone is. So it's going back to like the seventh, eighteen eighties, whatever. How it all started, that type of thing. Yeah, so it was uh, Bass Reeves. It was a uh, kind of prequel to eighteen eighty three. So it's uh, another spinoff of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so well, so we'll I like eighteen eighty three. That's a good series. Will that be on no matter what? Because you wrapped up the filming, right? 
Yes, yeah, they're done filming that, so that's I think that'll be come out in the fall. Yeah, okay, we're gonna watch that. Another one with Matthew McConaughey is gonna be starting, but that's on pause right now. Now wait a minute, talk about us. We're we're big fans of this. What do you mean? There's another TV series or movie you're gonna be in with Matthew? Yeah, it's gonna be another another Yellowstone spinoff. Uh, now that Kevin Costner is leaving Yellowstone, yep, um, it'll be with Matthew McConaughey, and I know they're if it's the four sixes, which is gonna be the one under development, or if it's gonna be a separate one, but oh wow, he's uh, he's signed to do that, so they're still kind of hush hush on the project. I gotta tell you, I was never you know a- any kind of fan one way or the other with that guy. Then he was in True Detective, the first season of True Detective is amazing show, and he's really good in it, and and he's with that knucklehead Woody Harrelson, who is also amazing in it. I like I yeah. like that those two work together. They were good. Well. They were good. Texas, that was a fantastic show. Yeah, that was in Texas, right? Uh, that was Louisiana, but oh. they're both Texans. Oh, that's, so. oh, well, that's right. Okay, yeah. Yep. So anyway, Chris, thanks for joining us. We're going to clap you off as we clap you on. Say hello to the family. Good luck deflooding your basement. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Okay, and you'll get that book tomorrow, okay? Absolutely. Okay, thanks. Uh, and uh, why don't we take a break now? We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Sound Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. So until you hear us next time, this is Mac Maloney for the entire gang saying, be safe, be happy, and... Bye-bye. Okay, the show's over. Hey, Cobra, where are we going to eat tonight? Well, gentlemen, what do you feel like? Chinese, Italian, sushi? How about we go where they have the best hamburger in the world? And where would that be, one one? Only the Starboard Galley. Starboard Galley? They're a great seafood place, but they're in Newburyport, and we're in Exeter. But they're only 20 minutes away down Route 95, and believe me, they have the best hamburger in the world. Let's go. Okay, boys, license and registration. Where's the fire? You clowns going to the circus? We're in a hurry just to get the best hamburger in the world. And where's that, Pally? That's the Starboard Galley in Newburgh. The great seafood place? Yes, but they make a great hamburger, too. And they start with the best beef. Super fresh buns. Great toppings. Plus, it's only 20 minutes away from Exeter, 25 from Portsmouth. Not with a police escort, buddy. Light them up, Switchblade. Starboard Galley. They're here. That's the Starboard Galley, 55 Water Street, Newburyport. Great seafood and the best hamburger in the world. And tell them Juan wants at you. My dad, he's a double amputee and uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world. To me, a hero is someone who fights for our country and freedom. My dad is a hero. Homes for our troops built this house, and my dad can get through the wide doorways. He can reach anything. Homes for our troops builds and donates specially adapted custom homes nationwide for severely injured post-9-11 veterans and enables them to rebuild their lives. Join our mission at hfotusa.org. Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What show we have for you tonight? Uh, girls, he's here. The very famous one one across the puddle. Hello, girls. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Okay. What do you eat for breakfast? You still eat cereal for breakfast? You? Who, me? Oatmeal. Yeah. Oatmeal with uh, crushed almonds, mm-hmm. with some flaxseed, mm-hmm. some blueberries, and I uh, put a little bit of 
maple syrup on it, maybe a couple of spoonfuls of maple syrup, <laughs> just to give it a little sweet. It sounds like the hedgehog would yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. You share it with them? That's a lot of cops. There you go. Oh, it's in the <laughs> with with my French press, my false press. Really? Yeah. I love the French press. Yeah. Huh. Wow. You have gone over to I the other side. I didn't do French pressing a long time ago. Nope. <laughs> I love it better than drip. Yeah. <laughs> There's a joke in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's what I date said. Uh, listen. <laughs> no cocoa tonight, out saving the planet. But our uh, no, our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve, is here. Switch. Uh, great to be here, and I would be out saving the planet if I just had more time. What time? Yeah, it's a question of time. That's right. And you have a cape? Yep. You have a cape? You'll need a cape uh, and a mask. It's hanging behind A cape him. and a mask. Well, and, and uh, I got rid of the tights because uh, uh, too many uh, giggles. But yeah, the cape and the mask is a necessary uh, deal. And it also helps if you can ride a, a dark horse into the night. Right, yes, right. But if you're wearing tights and people are giggling at you, it's probably time for a change of wardrobe. Tights are, are so passe. Okay. Uh, no club tonight. He's out tending a sixth friend, but... Oh, uh, UFO mechanic Al Renato is here in the house with us. Hey, Mac. Hello, everyone. Slash getaway driver. Hello, Al. Um, but um, up there in Sideways, New York, is our favorite good witch, Raven, is with us, Raven. Hi, my friends. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, Raven. Are you feeling Hello. Are you feeling better about your hairdo than an hour ago? No. <laughs> I'm not going to feel better until it doesn't look like this. Hmm. So what's the uh, ETA? Do you know? Is it, it's a few weeks, right? It'll grow in a few weeks. You'll be okay. Yeah. My hair grows pretty quick, and I take, like, the vitamins for my hair to grow quick, or uh -huh. vitamins, as they say, across, uh -huh. across the puddle. Um, mm. So we, it'll, it'll be a couple of weeks, and then I'm, like, probably just never going to get my hair cut again. Ever. Because I'm really... Really scared now. Will you go back? Will you, so you won't go back to the person who butchered you then, right? No. I'm going to um, – there's actually a place around the corner from my house, and uh, a person that used to cut my hair works there. Hmm. Um, so I'm going to see if she's available because she always did a good job. You know, once – I get a haircut once a year. And a few years ago, I, uh, Pistol Pete told me – he's still here on the station. He can verify this – that he would go down to this place in downtown New York called the French – Kiss or something? Do you know where that is? No, I'm looking what? at the I'm looking at Al like yeah, yeah, I like I know. And it's a beauty salon. It's a beauty yeah. salon, you know. And, uh, Pete had a little thing for the person who ran it, so he said, "Look, go in there." Don't. But they do men's cuts too, right? Yes, that's, yeah. that's, that's big now. So uh, he true, says, "Go yes. down there and mention my name." And they went in, and you know, there were two extremely attractive women there. And I sit down, and one was going to cut my hair, and it's the whole nine yards with the the sensuous shampooing and you know the works, right? Oh mm -hmm. yeah. So in the middle of it, her dog, which is like this kind of overgrown chihuahua type thing, comes over and starts humping my leg. <laughs> <laughs> At least somebody got some action, oh, that, right? That had to Not happen, you. didn't it? <laughs> yeah. It was cute for the first three seconds. And and, uh, <laughs> and then she'd go, oh, uh, go away, you know, foo-foo or something, and sneak up on the other leg and just, I don't know. So this went on for like more than like... 60 seconds. Oh, yeah. I'm getting my hair cut. Yeah, yeah. Hold on for a Oh, second. this is like a length of time then. Yes. So, so how many times did you go back afterwards? Oh yeah, about 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, you brought dog treats. When the dog <laughs> you had a pepperoni <laughs> in your pocket? When the oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you just happy to see me? That's as old as... <laughs> no, when the dog sent me flowers, I had to well, go back. had to go back. Well, yeah. I mean, at that point, you know, don't, don't be rude about it. Anyway, right, yeah. <laughs> anyway. It could have been worse, Mac. It could have been like Agent X's wolfhound, you know. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> wow, yeah. 
So what was the second date like? I, I was <laughs> Mac after dark switching. Okay. <laughs> what are we talking about? What is, how did we get to this? Anyway, uh, speaking of switchy and, you know, bestiality, I guess. So, Switch, what is uh, <clears throat> the um, – Now, there's a segue I was not expecting. I was going to say, that friend, that, that guy there that's making your life uh, crazy, he hasn't accused oh. you of that yet, have you? I haven't uh, heard anything from him or about him, but I did uh, do another review of one of his reprints, oh, wow. which I'm sure he won't be happy about. Okay. But uh, uh, anyway, I've got a couple more in in uh, coming up. Yes. And uh, they're they're objective uh, 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 reviews. Yes. But uh, you know, if you're you're somebody that uh, isn't up to anything or isn't up to anything shady, you would not have any problem with it. Okay. All right. I gotta say that's that's and his name. What's his name again? Uh, Andy Colvin. Andy Colvin. He has an open invitation to come on the show, Andy. And uh, we'll just have a little chat about these things that you've said to our friend Steve, about our friend Steve, and just bring the proof. You know, we'll uh, we'll debate it. Not debate it. We'll talk about it. Okay, bring the proof. So anyway, he hasn't. He didn't accuse you of bestiality, though, did he? Or did he? Well, stay tuned. Everything else? Okay, yeah. That's <laughs> never say never. <laughs> it's early yet. Okay. <laughs> we understand. Now, as I'm talking to Switch about this, you know, kind of uh, not so funny subject. I'm looking at him, and does he have a swirl in his hair? Look at that. Do you see that line? It's almost like a Hawkman. Oh, he has glasses on. Okay. All right. Sorry. Because I don't see I, it. I had a little bit of a, but he still has it. Isn't a little bit of a styling going on? There's right a style there. There's a, a oh. nice style going on, hmm. that's for sure. Yeah, too bad. Club's missing. It's what the youths are doing these days. You know, I'll tell you, he rubs that beard. He looks so much like, uh, you know, some detective, something. Some Look at him. Ar- Ar- Aristotle. Yeah. I, Maybe you should bring the movies. Ladies and gentlemen, I just need a haircut. Didn't you just get one? No, no, it's been a while. Oh, I'm really? A little shaggy. Oh, huh, okay. All right. Maybe you should get into the TV biz, though. You know? You can call Chris I off be, if you want. If I let this grow a little longer, I yes. could be a TV preacher. Oh, that's true. Oh, right. Don't yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. Yes, yes, right. Yeah, you got you to gotta Maybe sh- do. I mean, they swindle people a lot of sisters. their money. So. <laughs> sweep it back, though. You got to sweep it back. You know what I mean? It's, Oh, but so you good. also need veneers and like a spray tan. That's right. Like a really orange spray tan. Right. And and you have to become a drug addict and everything that you go out and tell people not to do, you can do. Okay? Yes. As, and then deny I, everything. How about if I just get into the hooch more than drugs? Okay. That's even better. Okay. So anyway, now that we've walked down that lane, switch it. This is the skew of the show. Please tell us, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Well, this morning I could not figure out what I wanted to eat, and I was—I uh, knew I didn't want to make anything or cook anything. Uh, and I—I am—I can cook, but my my uh, my um, well, I'm limited in what I can actually cook and that's edible. Okay, so mm-hmm. I actually got on my phone to see if I could find a restaurant that maybe was something a little different that I could titillate the fans Tittle with something me. completely different. Well, I came across a restaurant that I haven't been to before, but I don't think I've ever reported it right. as a breakfast location. <laughs> and it's right in the heart of downtown Point Pleasant. Yes. It's called Rio Bravo 2. Oh. It is actually an authentic Mexican restaurant. Really? Yeah. And I know this because people that actually know Mexican food said it is an authentic Mexican restaurant. Yes. Now, me, if somebody, uh, you know, I. I mean, uh, to me, Taco Bell is is passable. Maybe it's <laughs> really? not authentic. Okay, it's, it's passable. Okay, I'm not even sure if it's. Mexican. I can choke down the burritos and the and the tacos. Really? So, but anyway, 
So Seven. I went in, and uh, it, they opened at 11. So this is uh, more like a brunch than anything, Mexican, I guess. Mexican brunch. But I had a, uh, a essentially a fajita, a Texas fajita. Mm. Okay. And so they, they bring all this food out. And yes. they, 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 the waitress asked me if I wanted the, the big portion or the small portion. Yes. I, I figured I better go with the small one, which is a good thing. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. So she brought up the first plate that had things like uh, lettuce, tomatoes, mm. uh, you know, the, the Mexican bean stuff that's all kind of like whipped together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. The uh, uh, the guacamole and mm. so forth. Mm -hmm. And then she, of course, before that, she brought out the uh, the taco chips, whatever they are, with yes. the uh, little bowl you, you fill up with the sauce. Oh, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tortilla chips and sauce. This is a new thing. Whatever they are, you know, the, 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 the chips. Are, are, Switchy, have you ever been to a Mexican restaurant before? That's in every Mexican restaurant. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. I, I, just, I just don't know the lingo. <laughs> okay, go ahead. The, uh, what galaxy are you from? The, yeah, really. <laughs> she brought the really hot plate that had, like, the, the chicken, the steak, yeah, the, yeah. the oh, onions, geez. the, oh, the yeah. uh, uh, a shrimp, mm. and, and all that stuff. And she also brought out the... Uh, uh, you know the uh, the wraps, the yeah, the, yeah, thing, the, taco, uh, the, the shells. Yeah, right. Oh, shells. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's three of them. Yeah. Yeah. So you take the, the take the shell out. You slap the guacamole on the mm. lettuce and all that other stuff. Then you start piling on the 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 onions and the, and all the mm. meat and stuff. And then mm. you you try and wrap it together so you can actually eat it without two thirds of it falling out on your plate. Right. Yes. But so I had three of these. And, oh man, three of them. Listen, Holy cow. This is good, good stuff. That's a breakfast. So, <laughs> And maybe it was scrambled eggs, bacon, and spam. But yeah, yeah, man, right. It was yes. really good. So what do you do? <laughs> knock back a couple tequilas just to kind of even things out? <laughs> <laughs> well, they you can get margaritas there, but I, I figured I'd I'd be, you know what, I needed to drive home, so I, I got a Pepsi. You know? a, a Pepsi. Well that, <laughs> that stuff will kill you. Um, there are some one-way streets there, so you gotta be careful. You gotta be, yeah. Oh boy. I've never had That's a margarita. Great. Never had a margarita. Really? Never really? Had one. Yeah. Me neither. Really? No, not not even at margaritas wow. up in Exeter? Nope. I've never I've never had a margarita. Wow. Mm. I think I've seen God I mean, drinking margaritas. Yeah, no. I know I'm it's not hard. I'm like a huge fan, but I mean like it's a it's a good drink. You it's know, tequila, it's right? Is oh it, yeah. yeah. Triple sec tequila. Oh okay. a lot of yeah. salt. A, lot of salt. a lime. I'll have yeah, I'll do like a margarita like once every like five years. Mm. And like that's that that's good for me. Really good food, good prices. Yeah, yeah, Mexican uh, food. If you know, it's good, it's... I've been there several times before. Sometimes I'll usually just have a, uh, you know, an, an authentic taco or whatever. Right. Ooh, but uh, so you know. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If it's done right, man, I love that kind of food. It's just in guacamole. But, if guacamole's done right, it's you know, the best. So I mean, I can barely spell fajita. So yeah. There's a J in guacamole. It's got a J in it. Right. No, it's an H. Okay. <laughs> so this. Aren't you going to ask me how much it was and how much? I'm going to guess. Uh, that was like ten. No, that was like eight bucks, eight fifty. No, it was about it was about eleven dollars. Okay, all right. right, that's right. And how many? Uh, you didn't leave it in pesos, did you? That would be poor taste. I I'm fresh out of pesos, so I left yeah. seven bucks. Seven bucks. All right. Wow. They're going to be your friends forever. Switching. Real good food. It, it was wow. really good. The waitress was excellent. And after I came in, half the county came in and sat right. down and ordered food. So she was really busy. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, that's good to know that that kind of stuff is going on down there and, you know, where you are. Yeah, it's it's a, a, a very well-received uh, restaurant, and it's great to go there once in a while. And now I, awesome. I, I won't be satisfied until I have Mexican food now. It's just I saw an ad on TV, and I thought of what we were talking about it with Club. They have a thing now where you mash up um, Twinkies and ring things or something. Oh, it's something no. like insane. Oh, no. 
I don't like stuff mashed up. Yeah, but mm. I just got to get it, you know. And Lois says, why don't I just mash up two of them for you and, you know, eat it with a spoon or something. I said, no, we got to try to get these things. Um, you so, know, I saw, that's I saw what's people... big, in, Go ahead. big in the UK, mashed peas. Oh, man. Oh, oh Lonely oh, Larry oh, sent me a mashed a, a, peas. No, thanks, man. Those are things that this. He sent me a can of those. It's another brand of his humor. Mm-hmm. And it's I mean, like, who the I've f- been to mashed peas, but I don't like mashed peas. It's a texture thing. I like yeah. peas, yeah. but yeah. I don't want them to be pre done for me. Yeah, I know. Right. Really weird. <laughs> Raven, you have a report, right? I do. I have a little something for us. Let me just. Uh, um, we'll put your bumper in right here. Lock your doors. Close your windows and turn out all the lights because it's time for Raven's Scary Movie Hour. Exploring the deep and dark depths of the most frightening movies ever. This show is not for the faint of heart. So consider yourself warned. Now, here's Raven. Go ahead, please, Raven. All right, so today I'm going to be talking about the Philippines' largest tomb, the Manila Film Center. Um, this is located in Pasay, Philippines. Uh, the site was supposed to be the centerpiece uh, of the Manila International Film Festival, which is the Asian equivalent of the Cannes Film Festival in France. Um, yes. And the idea for such a building came from the very delusional mind of First Lady Imelda Marcos. Um, she wanted Manila to be the cultural center of the East. And First Lady Imelda Marcos always got what she wanted. Uh, For example, Marcos demanded a theater for the Miss Universe pageant. And within 77 days, the Folk Arts Center was built. So she demands something and she absolutely gets it. So construction on the building started in 1981 and had a budget of $25 million. Um, it was designed by uh, Froilin Hong and conceptualized by Ramon M. Ignacio, and it was inspired by the Parthenon. Um, the center housed an auditorium, a film lab, and film archives, um, and the contractors had less than three months to complete the project, mm. and they employed 4,000 workers, had nonstop construction and laborers were expected to work three shifts every 24 hours. So they were basically working 24 hours straight. And then I, I'm assuming they had like a day off or maybe, maybe, I don't know, eight hours off. It it wasn't clear, but basically they were being worked to death. Yes. Um, So projects that should have taken six weeks were done in just three days. So that's kind of where we're at. Right. Mm. Um, So during construction, tragedy struck. On November 17th, 1981, at approximately 3 a.m., scaffolding on the upper floor collapsed. Um, Some of the workers were impaled on steel bars. Mm. Some were completely buried in rubble, uh, while others were trapped in quick-drying cement from the waist down. Oh, man. The accident happened because the quick-drying cement was being poured without waiting for the other layers to dry, Mm. meaning this was completely avoidable. Mm -hmm. Um, It is said that 168 workers were buried Some were buried alive. Bodies that were sticking out of the cement were tapered off and buried over. Uh, This order was given by Betty Benitez. Uh, She was one of the supervisors, and she wanted to go on that day as if nothing happened. Um, As you can imagine, like, literally people were dead sticking out of hardened cement at this point, and they were just kind of 
lopping them off and covering them up. Oh, man. Holy yeah. cow. So, nine to ten hours later, first responders were finally allowed into the scene. Uh, Marcos called for a media blackout for fear that the accident would cause a scandal. I wonder mm -hmm. why. Yeah, really. Due to the media blackout imposed under uh, the Marcus's martial law, there is no real record of the accident. However, footage did eventually emerge, um, but it could only be shown after the Marcos government was forced out of office in 1986. Mm -hmm. um, the disturbing footage reveals a man half buried from his waist down in hardened cement um, to avoid him going into shock surrounding workers saying Christmas songs to keep the man awake. Oh, um, and by the time he was free after 10 hours, he had died. Um, in the same footage, stretchers carrying men covered in hardened cement can also be seen. I did look this up. You can find it. So just be careful for mm -hmm. anybody that's like me and has to look things up. It's out there. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just the the construction. So despite multiple tragedies, the film center opened on schedule for the first ever Manila Film Festival in January 1982. Mm -hmm. um, the theater was under construction until the very last moment with men literally still working during the final hour before opening. Cool. Guests were unaware that the red carpet, <clears throat> um, that under the red carpet, the cement was still wet. Uh, several guests wearing long gowns found paint and, and cement on the hems of their dresses. Um, and they were also totally oblivious that they were walking on hundreds of corpses because it seemed at this point, the accident was forgotten. Um, the international press raved about the event and called it a quote unquote, all out spectacular. Yes. What else? Wonderful, right? Mm -hmm. um, so now for the ghosties. Um, it is believed that the building is still inhabited by many. Um, it is said that the hauntings began the same day as the accident in November. Mm. Um, people have reported hearing cries, strange wind noises, and shadow figures. So let's get into it. Um, according to rumors, a fortune teller warned first daughter Imei Marcos that she would die if she set foot in the building. Mm -hmm. Whether or not this is true, um, no effort was spared to cleanse the, the place. Yep. Um, they performed exorcisms, pagan rites, Catholic rites, and Chinese rites, and anyone working in the building was given an amulet to ward off evil spirits. Mm -hmm. um, it is even said that some rituals performed involved animal sacrifices. Uh, people attending um, the event reported strange smells coming from backstage, <laughs> tingling why. of the skin and cold spots. Oh, I get that. Uh, according to other eyewitness accounts, some saw full apparitions of the deceased workers mm -hmm. and or shadow figures. Um, it was also noted that some people heard cries and the weird wind sounds. Um, a few months later, Betty Bientes, B yeah, Bientes, I can't say her last name. I apologize. Go Betty. Ahead. Betty B. No one cares. She's the worst anyways. Yes. Um, Betty died in a free car accident. Oh. Um, so yeah, like I said, for anyone that doesn't remember, she was the one that gave the order to cover the, the buried and mutilated bodies of the deceased workers under cement and just continue the day like business as usual. So That's she's the worst. Who cares about her last name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Later, a medium was hired and reported hearing, Betty is with us. So mm. despite the success of the festival, the Manila Film Center fell on hard times due to unpaid debts. Wow. Marcos began showing um, various pornographies to keep the lights on. Wait a minute. However, mm -hmm. yeah, I know. However, that was short-lived um, because, in, like I said, in 86, the Marcos family was thrown out of Manila. Uh -huh. So in 1990, an earthquake occurred and the building was deemed unstable. 
Um, it was able to be rehabbed for $300 million and leased from 2001 to 2009 and then from 2012 to present for the Amazing Show Theater Group. Mm. Uh, it was rumored that one of the actors from this show was murdered in the building oh, and her spirit joined uh, the ghost that had already been there for decades. It's getting crowded, um, right? Yeah. In addition to an alleged murder, on February 19th, 2013, a three-hour fire caused $1.2 million in damages. Wow. So today, uh, the Manila Film Center continues to be a source of inspiration for horror writers and a destination for ghost hunters. Um, For some, it's a reminder of when Filipino films took center stage. Mm -hmm. Uh, For others, it's a symbol of the Marcos dictatorship and all the horrors that you know, they created. Yeah, yeah. Um, as it stands, the ghosts of the Manila Film Center live on. And yeah. that is the very upsetting story of the Manila Film Center. Yeah, yeah, that is crazy. And, you know, in the Philippines, man, there's some really, really deep-seated poverty there. People living in, you know, drainage trenches. And to spend $300 million on this thing that's already, you know. It's uh, not even built right because you won't even bother to build it right. But exactly. Are dead in it. Jeez, that is just. I don't know how people like that go to sleep. I really don't. I, I guess they just don't have. On their on their bed made of money, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it doesn't bother them. Anyway, well, you know what's bothering me? Thank you, Raven. We're going to clap for you. Oh, you're so welcome. I was so excited to do that one. Yeah, really. I thought she was going to say you're so sweet, but but look at you, <laughs> you know so what? Uh, yeah. You know what bothers me? Is that, I know what you're gonna yeah, say. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Switchy has this freaking cat. Isn't it? The cat is so cute. Uh, actually, all he's seen is the tail, which is even yeah, more this disgusting. Keel, Keel stops by once in a while. Disgusting animals. Look at, <laughs> what do you think? What do you think that cat has been? Well, maybe you do know. Do you ever let it out? Just, cat, just catting around, you know. Catting around, right? Do you let him out? Is it an outdoor cat? No, these are indoor cats. Really? I live close to a very busy road. Yes, yes. And uh, also, a, uh, a month or two ago, we had a coyote sighting out here. Oh, really? Oh, so yeah. I don't want them to be food mm-hmm. or a roadkill. Right, mm-hmm. right. Wow. Good cat dad. But they have to, they have to uh, you know, rub the genitals. Listen, I, I, I happen to leave the door open uh, to my... Uh, uh, my extensive, uh, expensive studio. Uh, so they wandered in. I, actually, I've got a great picture I can send you, Mac, of That's all three okay. of them sleeping peacefully really? together. Oh. Send it to I me. I was waiting to send her some R. more R. pictures. I haven't done it yet. I've got a whole <laughs> bunch of great pictures of my little fur balls. Go ahead oh. and email those to me because I'll I just put those right your, on our Instagram. You're okay. talking about your cats, right? <laughs> our fans love them. Okay. Uh, so anyway, so listen, I just want to say, we're going to take a break in a second, but I, uh, I saw Oppenheimer. Saw the movie. Oh, how was it? Well, quick review. Come on, it's a it's a B movie. I give it a B, okay, mm. because it tells an interesting story, and it's three hours long though, okay, yeah. and it could easily yeah. been two hours. That's a lot. It's a long did you, time. You went to see it in theaters, or did yes. you stream it? Yeah, no, in the theater. Lois and I went, and um, it's it's a um, this Christopher Nolan guy. All of a sudden, everyone's talking about him, but you know. There, there would have been a, another way to do it. You know, it's a lot of flashbacks, and this guy you know, is imagining what the atom bomb looks like blowing up in his head, and you know all this kind of stuff. Where if they just kind of told the story, but I'll tell you this. But it's a good story. But it's about an hour too long. There's a lot of fantasy stuff in it that doesn't make sense. Robert Downey Jr. He is one of the greatest actors in the world. I'll tell you why. I love that guy. You get ha- he's in the movie. You get halfway yep. through the movie. 
before you realize. And we look, just looked at each other at the same time and said, is that Robert Downey Jr.? You've got to be kidding me. Isn't it's, he like um, – he looks very, very aged and Aged and, and to the point where we did not know it until an hour and a half in. And something just the way he talked of this one move. But I say, man, that guy, he is freaking great. And the guy who plays Oppenheimer, he's the guy from Peaky Binders. He's, yeah, he's great. Murphy. Murphy. Yeah, from twenty eight days later, he's not tall enough because Oppenheimer is a big tall guy. And if and if you want to believe the story, this guy Oppenheimer, he was hitting everything, including you know the protons. <laughs> if you know what I mean. So, well, Mac, that's what I heard. I heard the yeah. only thing I heard about this film at all that, that there were a lot of bare breasts in it. There was there really was, there was a number. I of heard yes. there I were heard none in Barbie was, though. <laughs> I heard there was like a huge thing because there's like some crazy long sex scene with him and Florence Pugh. It's, and I'm like, eh, I would watch that. I mean, yeah. she's gorgeous, so. But, but, but it's, 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 Even yeah. Even Raven he, would watch it. Yeah. I get it. it. He's doing it, uh, it they yeah. do that scene in, while he's in a courtroom. So it's like this kind of fantasy scene where right. they're having coitus on the uh, table there and they were before he's, a subcommittee. He's thinking about it. So, yeah, he's Bumping thinking about uglies it. in front of, yeah, in yeah. Front of the, in front the county. In front of the and senators. he offended, uh, was it Hindus? He Something, the quotes. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, the yeah. bag out of oh, yeah. I am death. I, I have yes. become death. It yeah. really the destroyer of worlds. Yeah. That's what he yeah. said. And, there was and, that, but they also said that there's a shot where everyone's holding the flag, the flags, yep. but it was before that version of the flag was yep. real, right. yes. was, was a thing. Right. right. You so it should have been a 48. Those, like, wrong numbers. Yeah. yeah, wrong numbers, stars in the flag. So yes. that, you know, that's some, um, you know, PA assistant will get their ass fired now for that. Oh, yeah. But you'll um, never work in Hollywood again. You see, the, 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 the thing, the thing is, is, is that it, you'll never work in this town. Is, is it worth seeing? Do you think? When it's free. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's how I feel when about most free? movies. When, you, when it's on streaming. We, we, around here, uh, we haven't been in the theater since I don't know when, but we had to, we have to go out uh, three weeks to get a seat. Oh really? Yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I think nice. it's hyped. It's been hyped, right. and it's it's crazy. And I know that they don't have huge theaters around here like they do. Yeah, in yeah, America, yeah, they, they're trying very hard to make it and Bobby. You know, the summer hits, the summer big hits, and it's already a big hit, and so is Bobby. So, but as a movie, when you really sit down and and, and watch it, because you know Lois really didn't know what was going on. I knew a little bit. You know, this, the backstory of it, but they never really, it's like a lot of college guys with chalkboards and, you know, equations and arguing and you know, all this shit. And it's like, but what are you doing? What are you really doing? You know what I mean? Just at least tell us what you're doing. It can't be just this kind of theoretical. And then, you know, five minutes later, this freaking thing is blowing up, you know? So it's okay. It's okay. It's not great. It's, I hate to say it, but it's not so great. So it doesn't give you a good timeline on the, uh, the it goes the, back. The mathematics behind it, the like, like no. imitation game? Or no, no, like no, that. no. There's nothing like that in there. You know, remember uh, A Beautiful oh. Mind? Remember the movie, A Beautiful Mind? The, beautiful Mind, yeah. yeah. That's Russell exactly Crow, what I was it's, it's the same movie, That's and, and Beautiful movie. Mind is a, is a way better movie. You know, Dopey directed it. Way better movie, and it's the same idea. It's that same kind of, you know, the guy's like kind of crazy, but he's, you know, not. So anyway, I'm gonna go see cool. Bobby though. So Mac, <laughs> yes, go ahead. Um, when you see Barbie, I hope that we get the same um, review from you, right? As a bad, you mean? But yeah. I've heard Bobby is a feminist movie. Have you heard that? Yep. I have heard that, which okay. is actually I. So you guys know me, like I, I played with you know I had my GI Joes and I had my little 
my Mighty Ducks action figures. Oh, I okay. wasn't a Barbie girl. We didn't know but that. I heard but... that it's making a lot of men really mad. So I was like, maybe I should see this. <laughs> well, oh, really? Yeah. I want to see it. Yeah. Is it? Eileen doesn't want to see it, but I want to see it. I'm curious about it. Is it cool for a guy to go to see Barbie by himself? Uh, let me. Oh, no. Don't do that. No. Nope. Not in that's Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, that's that's Pee Wee Herman. That's not on any Just, continent. Okay, all right. Then. Yes, sir. Rent that's it safe. when it when it comes out on streaming. Oh, yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah. If Eileen was going with you, I think that would be different. But It'd yeah. Be embarrassing. Um, yeah. Right. She doesn't want to. Go. Embarrassing to go in there and be by yourself. You know, with that. I'm surprised she was interested in Oppenheimer because with the bag pop on with the hole in the bum. <laughs> Yeah, I want to see both of those. I just, I just wait until they they stream and then I just yeah. rent them and watch them in yeah. one night and then that's it. Yeah, it was do the, uh, do the three forty nine rental anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, so that's what uh, yeah. So I saw it as good. It's a big movie. It's B, grade B, grade B. You know, the guy was good. Mm-hmm. A lot of good acting in it. But when you see it, it's like, oh man, do we have to do this again? I know we know yeah. that he dreams about the universe blowing up. We know it. Okay, <laughs> after the tenth time. Change the dream, you know what I mean? Change the dream. And then they do, and it's him banging his old girlfriend. So anyway, well, listen, why don't we do this? There's no intermission in the movie, right? There's no intermission. And I'm telling you, you know, I looked up, and, 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 you know, who cares? But I I happened to see that it was three hours long, and I'm going, oh, man, come on, three hours? But then Mission Impossible, which people are saying doesn't suck as much as the other ones. I heard it was good. That's 245, so... You know, what's 15 minutes, I right? I can't Please. even watch, like, okay, we watch, like, our 90-day fiancé. And that is, like, <laughs> one episode of that is an hour and a half. I can't mm-hmm. even make it through that without pausing it, like, three times because I need a snack. Just need or a I snack, need coffee, yeah. Or I need to use a restroom. Or yes. I need to pet my dogs and I can't pay attention. Yes. <laughs> well, I understand Look at this. I mean, uh, and I had to test drive the theater because of she's got some, you know, back issues and stuff. We, mm-hmm. test, dro- we test drove the empty theater. Seating, we have we have seats, reserved seats picked out Go ahead. for comfort. Yes. So not only do we have tickets, but we have the seats with numbers on them. Yes. That those are going to be our seats. Yes. Then we test. She test drove the restroom. <laughs> okay. Because yes. we found out there is no intermission. Forget about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she wants to know what would be the key times at Oppenheimer. Well, maybe me- you can help me, Mac. I'll send you it would the be list. A good idea to go to the restroom and not miss anything. There's plenty of uh, there's plenty of uh, ebony and ivory moments in the movie, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> there's actually an app that somebody made for that. Really? Yeah, really? I went to go. Yeah. You don't, I don't know what it's called, so you'd have to do Bathroom some digging. App. Yeah. It's something like that, and you can literally type in whatever movie you're going to see, and it will It'll tell you when to go. Yeah. One hour and four minutes in, go to the bathroom yeah. because there's, nothing happens. There's here. plenty of uh, yeah, plenty of opportunities wow. for that. That's wow. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. look for that. I don't know what it's called, so I'm sorry. Bathroom I just break. I just heard of it. BBB. Why don't we do this? Because wow. now I got to take a bathroom break. Thank you, Raymond. <laughs> um, well, I do too now, yeah. Why don't we take a uh, commercial break now? And we'll be right back after this. So you're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exhaust Show here on the Distant Thunder, Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. 
Visit places you never knew existed, the Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Ong's Hat, and the very mysterious M-Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a forward by the very famous One One. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mall Track Star Show here in the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney Wellness Show we have for you tonight. But first, girls, he's here. The very famous one one. Hello, girls. Hello, everybody. Across Welcome the puddle. The show. It's been a fun show tonight, I mm. tell you. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Across the puddle. So what are you doing now? You're drinking coffee? Are you snorting meth? What do you What do you do to stay awake? I'm drinking a lot of Guinness. I am going <laughs> to the pubs. Yes. Not as often as I, I did when I first arrived. I meant for the show. I don't mean pub crazy. I meant for the show there, dude. What, are you, what keeps you awake? Because it's like 2 in the morning there, right? Oh, um, coffee. Coffee. I had, a, I had a cup like about, you know, half hour before the show oh, started. Yeah, okay. I'm okay. good. Yep. Okay. I can go right to sleep when the show is over. Really? Interesting. Okay. I could. Yeah, I can't. I'm too uh, wired, if you know what I mean. Look. Sometimes I need a little chill out time. Yeah. Um, I'm, I get a little wired. And I watch. Oh, I'm watching this new show called. Well, it's not new. It's called 1971. <laughs> okay. It's on Apple yeah. TV. Yes, go ahead. What's it about? It's about it's about that time period, about the music and the events that took place in 1971. 71. 71. It's an eight eight parter, one hour each episode. Eight, yeah, eight episodes. Eight part. Wow, interesting. Okay, and you 71. Say, what happened in 1971? A lot of stuff happened in 1971. Yeah, yeah. When you think about it, yep. Uh, Mac, I have a question for JJ. Okay, this is yeah. Uh, uh, JJ, that looks like a model, a three-dimensional model of the yellow submarine in your background. The background. Is it? It is. It's a, it's a cookie jar. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> wow. Yep. It's a yellow submarine cookie you jar. You are in England. Go ahead. Yep. Wow, huh? Okay. That's <laughs> that's cool, I guess. Uh, that voice you heard was our national correspondent down there in uh, Flapjack, West Virginia. Switchy. Switch and uh, ladies, Moore. I'm glad to be here, and uh, I'm, I'm uh, you know equally as glad to be here as uh, JJ is. How do you know? We know. We, we, oh, you I'm do trying to move up a tier. I'm, I'm trying oh, to get the, you know a bigger paycheck. Did you say? Uh, <laughs> did you say, uh, ladies? Did you greet the ladies tonight, Switchy? I mentioned the ladies. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. All right. You know, the ladies aren't just focused on JJ. Come on. Okay. All right. I no, guess can't you be. know can't be can't be. But I do share the wealth. <laughs> do you really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. Let's get the hell out of this. Also in the studio with us tonight, the getaway driver, Al. I'm going to say Al Ferrari. Wow. Al Ronaldo. You're very unreliable for tonight. Al Ronaldo, UFO mechanic. Uh, great doing? to see you, Matt. Great to be here, mm-hmm. folks. And uh, also, we have to get to your B story, okay? Well, also with us, our uh, favorite witch up there in Sideways Young Raven is with us. Raven. Hi, my friends. Thank you for having me. We took a vote while you were 
you know, away from the and and it was unanimous. We love the hairdo. We love it, right, guys? <laughs> oh, we yeah. do love. It. I I think it's quite attractive. Yeah. You know, women are so uh, sensitive to sensitive. their hairstyle. I see it with with my wife over you know forty eight years of marriage, uh-huh. and uh, it is what it is, and I get it. Well, that- it's true, Raven. Listen, I I may be uh, aged, and it's true <laughs> that I I taught Methuselah how to ride a bike without training wheels. But wow. I'm here to tell you that your hair will never look bad. It's just it's just a fact of life. Wow. Oh, thank Sweetie. you guys so much. <laughs> well, I can I can one up that because I told Moses two this two of every animal wasn't gonna cut it. He had to one up me with Moses, screws. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, huh? All that from your hairdo. Cool. Okay, see it's got people talking and that's what makes it good. Very powerful hairdo apparently. Okay. So uh no Coco tonight. We said he's uh saving the world and Club is also uh otherwise engaged, but uh, we're all here, right? I introduced everybody. And um, and so we wanted to talk to, we're going to talk to Switch coming up. But there was something we were going to talk about before that. Does anyone remember? Let's make this a contest. Well, we had a, a good movie segment earlier, and I wanted to bring up something, but we were cutting to the okay, go ahead. commercial break. Go ahead. Is it okay? Let me, let me put, throw this out to the, the team. Is it okay to watch Kevin Spacey movies again? Uh, uh yeah, he's, you know, yeah. I was, I was just talking to Mr. Raven about this because we saw the news and we were saying, you know, we because American Beauty is like one of my favorite movies. My favorite. Yeah. It's so Great good. Movie. And I'm like, but I don't know if I can enjoy it anymore. Right. You know, L.A. Confidential is one of my favorite films. That's another one. And Spacey was so good in that. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know if I can kick back and enjoy it yeah, as well. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess like that's like. Yeah, go ahead and watch it. But like, I know for me personally, I just wouldn't be able to enjoy it because you can't stop thinking about it. In yeah. the Garden of Good and Evil, you know, um, um, he, he was—he's a really, really, really good actor. You know, he really is. The, the usual, the uh, usual suspects. Oh, the usual suspects. The usual suspects. Oh. One of best. And the shipping ever. news. The shipping shipping news. news, yeah, the guy up in the I was a sleeper, independent film. That was great. Good film, yeah. And uh, American Beauty is one. You know, when I saw that, I said, you know, now someone has really figured out how to make a movie. You know what I mean? Make a movie from a horny dad's point of view. And that's exactly <laughs> what that was, you know, for all the good and bad of it. it I was never just, saw that one. Oh, that was you know, really I, good, yeah. Man, I connected so with that good. movie so much because in high school, there was a cheerleader that I wanted to date. Okay, all crazy. right. How old were you? Come on, you can't day. say that. How old were you? I was in high school. Oh, okay. oh in high school. Okay. I thought, okay. I thought okay. so, too. I thought he was an old man. <laughs> yeah. That's what the, that's what the movie was. JJ was 80 when he wanted to date her. Yeah, good. Well, that wouldn't stop him. I know that She dated the football quarterback. Chumpsford High School was one of the top teams in the area for football. She dated the quarterback. Yes. Wouldn't give me the time of day. Now, in high school reunions. Yes, yes, yes. She, she just decides to go to our table. And Eileen doesn't come to my high school reunions. Go ahead. She goes to the table that I'm sitting at with my buddies. Yes. And uh, introduces herself. Hey, remember me? I was sure. You know, you know signs yep. my yearbook again. Go, go ahead. And, and tells me where she lives in Laconia. And mm-hmm. if I'm in the neighborhood, drop by. Drop by. Drop by, Ooh, JJ. This sexy. is the this is the cheerleader that I, I had a hots for big time. Huh? And was the top cheerleader. Has all the splashy pictures in the yearbook and everything. I mean, I hate to be like this, but what she look like now? Still a cheerleader? 
<laughs> she's still pretty good. You know, okay. put on a little bit of weight, but so what? Everybody does. Pretty good. Okay. You can't knock somebody for putting on a little bit of weight. Has she seen? <laughs> Glad to hear that. Yeah, really. <laughs> Has she seen a UFO or a ghost? You know, I haven't. Uh, but you <laughs> ask her. <laughs> so we can, brain so we can keep that. this thing that hasn't come up when you talk to her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Maybe that's why she wants him to come over. Maybe she knows he's on the show. Yes. And she's like, I got this crazy thing to tell you, but I'm so embarrassed. Right. Yeah, maybe I did. I did mention the show, but I did yeah. not uh, drop by. She's like, come over so I can tell you in confidence. <laughs> Gave yeah. me the yes. wink. Yeah. But she <laughs> lives in New Hampshire. You live in Old Hampshire now, right? I live in Old Hampshire. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The All oldest right. Hampshire. Hey, give Al the address. You know what I was just say. <laughs> Slow, oh, oh, spread the wealth oh, around. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did say spread the wealth around. Anyway. Even my friend was like, my friend was shocked, but why should he be shocked? He married. He married my ex ex girlfriend. Yes. Yeah, we did. You know, we did. <laughs> we the broke whole, up. I told you the story. We, we did a whole up. Mad After you know Dark what? segment in that years ago. I don't think we ever we ever broadcasted. But you told that whole story about how you married. Your your buddy married your what your old girlfriend right? My old girlfriend. I fixed them up yes. together yes. after we broke up. I oh, fixed them broke. up at a Portuguese picnic. Okay, that's it. Now, that was the name of the segment, yeah. as it turns out. Look, switching. He's got like six grandkids. It's like really. It's yeah. They always keep telling me every time we go to a reunion. He says, "Hey, one I owe you." You know. <laughs> says, well, pay up, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did they, yeah. How does he mean that actually? So anyway, look. Speak about slapping someone in the face. Uh, Switchy is here with his, uh, I don't know, there's not a good gazenta. Let me start again. Switchy is here with his uh, report from the fringe, and his is bumper that people really love. And now it's time for another story from the lost annals of the paranormal. It's time for Steve Ward's report from the fringe. Well, this, this report actually echoes a little bit of what we talked about uh, a week or so earlier. Uh, this is from a book called Night Siege, the Northern Ohio UFO Creature Invasion. Because la one of the last times we talked about uh, these situations where people see things like Bigfoot and other and strange lights in the sky in the same area. This is a very little known incident. It took place in 1981 in Rome, Ohio, which is only about an hour and a half west of where I live. And I, I'd heard many references to this over the years, but I couldn't find the book. I think it was self-published, and uh, I, I, you know, I could find a PDF. But I'm the kind of guy that wants a book in my hands. You know, I want the, I'm the guy that wants to be able to go to the restaurant with a book, with my uh, mechanical pencil, making notes in there. Because, you know, I think the chicks really dig it. They think you're really studious until they find I, out I would apparent. agree. A paranormal book, and then they want to know where the county line is. But that's that's a different deal. It was written by David Pilichus, and there's a lot of I's oh. in there, so I'm going to spell it. P-I-L-I-C-H-I-S. Oh. He experienced some of this himself. He interviewed many of the witnesses. The, the guy that wrote the introduction is Dr. Berthold Schwartz. This, this guy wrote a phenomenal book called UFO Dynamics, where he talked about all kinds of classic UFO situations. He was a psychiatrist. Uh, he talked about the men in black syndrome, Dr. Hopkins and so forth. He was a colleague and friend of Stan Gordon and John Keel. So uh, it was great for him to get this, this particular uh, introduction. Now, this was a four-month investigation, mostly over 1981. Now, this kind of started in 1980. There was a deer found dead with its side cut open. It looked mm -hmm. like claws, but it wasn't eaten. 
uh, ducks, chickens were mutilated, but not for food. The farmer that found these on his property actually buried them. He uh, didn't want to uh, uh, upset his family because it was just kind of odd. Mm. Uh, People were seeing faces in their window that looked kind of like a Bigfoot-type creature. On 625-81, a man named Robert, he's identified as Robert, and this Robert and his family have a lot of experiences with this phenomenon. And uh, one night, on, on the 25th, they, they saw these ducks were acting up. They were all disturbed or whatever. Ducks. So they look outside, you see a large black form in the front yard. They can see two big red glowing eyes, which yes. isn't normal. And this, whatever this thing was, was on all fours. It looked like it was after the ducks. One of his boys uh, shined a flashlight on it. And they could see it was kind of a Bigfoot-like creature. Mm. Robert, now this is this is their reaction to a lot of the stuff that happened. Get the shotgun out and blast it. Yes. So he got out his 410 and shot this thing right between the eyes. It let out a high-pitched scream that changed from a low pitch and to to a low pitch and then it was gone before he could get off a second shot must have hit him in the nuts right okay, june 26 we're not going to be talking about nuts okay. tonight <laughs> robert was watching tv one night his dog starts barking and then it starts whimpering mm-hmm. so he went to the back of the uh, house where the uh, where the dog seemed to be focused on yes with his flashlight he saw in the backyard what, he, what seemed like like a huge black gorilla with red eyes. Uh, he ran to the house for the 410. That's the, his MO. And then he, he got in his truck and tried to chase this thing down. Now, there was no luck. As they went to, uh, and then as they, he was with his boys, when he went to return home, uh, the truck stalled, oh. which is a common feature in many of these cases, even with just cryptids. Now, June 28th, um, it's late at night. They, they outside, they see forms moving around by the wood line. He got on his tractor. The, uh, the, these black forms seem to be waving a blue light mm-hmm. uh, back and forth. Now, if you think about, you know, we've talked about Stan Gordon's investigation into Pennsylvania in the uh, 1973, 1974. Now, this is less than a decade later uh, in the next state. And they, uh, he had these bizarre series of Bigfoot reports with green glowing eyes, many times associated with strange lights in the sky. And sometimes they were shot at point blank and disappeared in a flash of light. Well, some of these creatures seem to be holding some kind of a glowing sphere, which doesn't seem to make any sense at all. Why would some brutish Bigfoot-like beast be holding something that might have some technology associated with it? Yes. Now, as soon as uh, he raised his gun to fire, these lights went out. Now, they continued out to the clearing with their tractor, and they saw shadowy forms with red glowing eyes moving around. And then they they actually unloaded two boxes of 12-gave shells in the general area. Now, one of them they seemed to hit. It fell near the pond, and then after a while it lay there for a minute and then took off. These things just do not, they seem to be hit. They even scream and let out a howl, but they don't stay down. Hmm. So the next day they found several three-toed footprints. Hmm. They're roughly circular, but they had these uh, sort of three extensions as toes. They're roughly seven by eight in diameter. (laughs) Now, again, back to Stan Gordon's research. Go ahead. Many of these creatures that uh, he documented and people had, had seen seemed to leave three-toed footprints, not the classic Bigfoot or four, five-toed footprints. Okay. Now, 
he, he kind of made a distinction here. He said the black forms seem to be associated with strange light sources. Uh, and the black forms and what he called the Bigfoots were actually separate. They were like they were both seen at the same time. Hmm. So the Bigfoot, what, what he, uh, the way he distinguished them, had red eyes, shadowy forms. Now, and the other other ones, the 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 strange shadow beings or whatever you want to call them, had kind of a soft white glow around them, and uh, human-like forms. And they were preceded when they manifested or showed up. They were preceded by strange flashes of light, and uh, they could they could be seen in the woods preceding their appearance. So I don't know for sure if these were different or not, but this this area was besieged by strange creatures. Yeah. Now. They would take now what they would do is they were really freaked out. They would take turns up on their roof with their guns, watching late into the night. And one time, who wouldn't? They saw what's that? Who wouldn't, you know? Well, yeah, really. Go ahead. Four lights. They saw four lights spaced along the the, uh, wood line. And these lights would change from red to blue to yellow, suggesting some kind of craft or technology, maybe. Mm -hmm. They looked like uh, like huge oil tanks. Mm. And, uh, at one time, a, a one of them uh, uh, shone, shone down a brilliant white light, uh, which lit, light up a, lit up an entire acre. Okay. And they would then at times they heard screams like a woman were heard, mm. but there was nobody in danger. Uh, and then the light went out, and then they started to see the red eyes. And at one point, uh, something that looked like a this gets really bizarre. And this is actually this is not so dissimilar to these areas, these high strangers areas, where all this bizarre stuff seems to accumulate in the same area. Right. At some point, they saw what looked like a red hot coal, but bigger. It landed in a tree east of the house. Mm-hmm. And again, M.O., they took a shot at it. It jumped down a branch. It morphed into a small animal-like creature, mm. something like an owl. They continued to blast it. That's that's what you do, man. You, you blast these things, right? Until it hit the ground, the critter got up and ran away on what seemed to be four appendages. And at one point, a strange fog, which is something very common in these places, formed over the top of the house and nowhere else. Mm. And then it disappeared. It didn't happen again. Mm. On July 3rd, the family saw two forms move uh, across the, their back uh, field. And they were they watched it for about 15 minutes. So Robert took a shot at one of them. It fell screaming and growling. In about a minute, it got up and ran away. Again, and then again, they found three-toed footprints all, all over the place. Oh. And they would start nowhere and end nowhere, mm. which is another common factor in these things. Uh, David Pachilicius writes, uh, common folk in rural America are under siege by a phenomena that cannot be shot trapped, hmm. poisoned, photographed, or hunted. Very there are times when these creatures strange. are seen but leave no footprints. And and uh, are, the photographs are to no avail. If they get a photograph of one, it doesn't come out or it's fogged out right. or something. And again, this is so similar to some of the aspects of what Stan Gordon investigated in 1973 and 1974 mm-hmm in uh, southwest Pennsylvania, and really so many other places. There was another uh, area in Ordon, Washington, in 1973 to 1976, 
where they found uh, strange Bigfoot-like creatures, nothing the way a three-toed prince, mm. but there were uh, uh, Bigfoots that seemed to be translucent. <laughs> would uh, They would find footprints that would, would uh, manifest, but they couldn't see the Bigfoot. Yes, yes. Uh, they would see strange lights, orbs following cars and so forth. Um, these, these areas are just, uh, um, and, you know, you have so many investigators that want to put these things in boxes and want to think uh, as Bigfoot as strictly an unknown primate okay. and, or UFOs as be, you know, visitors from elsewhere. But it does seem that while some of that may be true and both may be true, there are, are things we simply don't understand. And this, this particular, it's nice that this book has been republished again mm -hmm. because it was a little known, um, uh, paranormal uh, encounter yes, yes. in the high strangest area in Rome, Ohio in 1981. So so um, we got like four minutes left. So we had a guest on recently and uh, they said that, you know, and they were talking about Bigfoots and different, you know, eyes in the woods and stuff like that. And they had seen a UFO right before they started seeing these things on the ground. And, and they said something that just has stuck with me. It, it, they said uh, it was almost as if they dropped them off and, you know, that got me wondering, I mean, how odd would it be is that, you know, would it be if UFOs, you know, somehow drop these creatures off here on Earth just to, I don't know, bug us, just to mystify drive us? Drive us crazy. Just to drive us crazy? Yeah. It just seemed funny that he said, yeah, maybe they drop them off. And he says, well, maybe that's why people see UFOs a lot when they spot these things, you know? Switching? Well, if they're so benevolent, would they drop them off to educate us on, you know, they're not where doing they're a good job. from, where their head's at, and uh, how they can... Uh, help us, but they're not doing a good job because them. they always stay hidden from us. You know, so maybe they do. Yeah, right, they can't find their they're nest. Shy. Can't find the cave. They're shy. They're shy. I wonder sometimes if that's too simplistic. If we're not really dealing with some UFO or whatever dropping these things off, I, I think of these things sometimes as sort of a paranormal diorama, like the whole thing is set up or projected or staged somehow. Mm. Now I don't know. I, I can't say much beyond that, but it just doesn't. So much of it doesn't seem to be logical. Right, make yes. logical sense. That's yep. because we try and think that they act like us in some way. Uh, yeah, so right. we're trying to, you know, project our feelings and our emotions and our sensibilities and our actions around it onto them. Hey, look at when uh, you know it's not the case. I was reading today about how, you know, there's a lot of evidence kind of now pointing towards that maybe we live in a hologram, and one of the things they pointed out, and it's not too you know, dissimilar from what we're talking about, is that Hawking, right, the guy in the wheelchair, he's since passed away, mm -hmm. but he was brilliant. And he figured out that when there's a black hole, you know, black holes are just, um, you know, gravity wells, basically. There's so much gravity, nothing can get out. They're so huge, nothing, because the gravity is just too intense, nothing can get out. Mm -hmm. Things right. go into them, stars, entire galaxies, the works, okay, go into them, and then they're gone forever. But what he figured out is that and in the physics physics world, they call this information. Information on a galaxy would be how many atoms, how many stars, how many electrons, how hot was it? You know that kind of stuff. That's what they call information in the business in the physics world, astrophysics. So what he found out was all this stuff goes into the black hole, but the black hole actually leaks radiation out. It's not gone completely. It actually leaks radiation out, but there's no quote unquote information in the radiation. There's nothing in there to tell you that this just sucked up an entire galaxy. It's just this stuff that just comes out, which makes people believe that our universe, our reality ends after the 
black hole. You know what I mean? Because there's, I mean, that's a facade. That's the end right there. You know, we think oh, it just goes into somewhere, some other universe. That's the end. That's the end of the hologram, you know? And the stuff, as we were talking about earlier with the James Webb Telescope, I mean, hang on. You know, this is going to be like huge, huge news. If they figure out, if they look back at the Big Bang and see what happened one second before the Big Bang, what would it be? You know, that's, that's God, you know what I mean? The big quiet. Yeah, the big quiet is cool. That's good. But you know what I mean? That's whoever, whatever started this probably yeah. is not a creator that takes attendance on Sunday, as they say. But, you know. Maybe it's some nerdy kid with a high school That's experience. what I mean, in his mother's basement, you know, you know, 2,000 years from now. Anyway. Isn't that how they ended that one show, St. Elsewhere, with that kid looking into a snow globe? That's all of us. Mm. Right. Really? Is that how they ended that show? Yeah, I never saw that yeah, show. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was looking into a snow globe and nothing was real. Sorry to spoil it, but no, I, mean, okay. I think it's like a 30-year-old show. It's so like a Twilight Zone episode. There's, there's yeah. a great Twilight, on, Twilight Zone episode where these people are in this kind of curved room. One's a soldier, one's a cop, one's a ballet, oh, yes. one's a cowboy. And, I forgot about that one. Yeah, and, it, and, and they don't know what they're doing. They can't see the top of this. And you know, and there's also the interpersonal things that I was always in Twilight Zone. And then it turns out they were they were toys and you know, like toys for Tots Barrel at Christmas time. It's scary because you don't know until you see this big hand come down and pick up the cowboy. And yeah, great mm-hmm. show. Anyway, well, remember okay. remember Charlton Heston blew up the world at the end of Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Did he blow up the entire world? Yeah, yeah, he was there. The, the, the apes were acting up, and he was really mad at Zeus, really? and he called him a bloody bastard. And then he grabs that red cylinder, yes. he pulls it down, and everything ends on the planet. Of course, nothing ever ends because they made a sequel anyway. I was going to say, well, they must know the, <laughs> the franchise contract was over with. Wow, huh? Remember, the, the, the great Charlton Heston story is he played in Ben-Hur, right? And they actually yeah, right. built a chariot, you know, racetrack in Ben-Hur with thousands of people in the stands and yeah. stuff. It so, wasn't CGI. No, no. Sure. 1958, I think that movie was. Um, yep. And anyway, so they're doing the as they the B-roll one day, and that was basically all the stuntmen and chariots going around and around and around. You know, and they're filming all that, and now they're going to film the next day. You know, the principal characters as if they're in the chariot race. So they bring Charlton Heston down to see to see them race, right? And he turns to the director and says, "I don't think I can win this thing." <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, yes, yes, he did, he did too. Yeah. Absolutely. He did. Yeah. Anyway, on that note, leave him laughing. This is too insane. I can't win this. Yeah, right. <laughs> Idiot. So anyway. What is this, man? What you give me into? I did read that someplace, Mac. Maybe you said it to me. But yes. It's it a, had to be a joke. It, was it, in my it wasn't a joke. It wasn't a joke. It, was a it wasn't a joke. No, he come really on, said that. Man. Come on. He's, really a, he's a dumbo. The guy that said. I mean, he might have been stinking paws off me, you damn dirty apes. Well, maybe right. Maybe he's a genius. Who knows? Charlton Heston was so real in everything he did. If I, when we die and go to heaven, yes, and we see Moses, yes, it's going to be be him. Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston. It's going to be him. Ever see that? Ever really sit and watch that movie, though, man? That movie that's tough to get through, man. Tough to get through. It is tough. Ten Commandments. It's pretty dated. Yeah. Ten Commandments. Yes, I can watch that all day long. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I can. I can watch that. Okay. Because they cleaned it up. It's <laughs> they, <laughs> they cleaned they, up the Ten Commandments. That's fucking great, man. And you can watch it. Oh, oh I thought like, you meant the I'm, Commandments I'm like, themselves. Uh, one movie in that genre that I wanted to watch, like uh, I don't know, it was about Jesus, but it was like it, it was um, 
I forget the title of it. Anyway, they didn't clean it up. I couldn't watch it because it was so bad to look at. The Bible. The King of Kings? Something like that. King of Kings. Um, Another Sandalman Sword uh, movie. Uh, Von Cito. Von Cito played uh, oh, uh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Last Empty. So, so oh, last you Temptation. know how young he was then. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. How yeah, old yeah. the guy is. It's, oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, that was the greatest story ever told. Yeah, that's, that's it, it. That's it, right. Right. That's it. Anyway. I couldn't watch. I said, I can't believe this, this movie didn't get cleaned up. Mm. <clears> I don't <throat> want to spend money. So listen. Why don't we do this? Yeah. It's time to bring the train into the station, as blessed as it might be. There it is. Okay. Switchy has the train wreck up. So I uh, want to thank uh, Chris Ah for um, joining us earlier tonight. Chris Ah is uh, – I wonder if he has a webpage. He's, uh, uh, he was a military uh, bodyguard. Then he uh, worked for the DOA for a while. He worked for NCIS. Now he's working for NOAA. Going out there and catching the lobster mobsters. Interesting guy. New Walker, Texas Ranger. Right. Yes, he's also in that too. Interesting guy. Thanks for joining us, Chris. He's also the um, the patent for the uh, character in uh, Codename Starman. Um, Chris R. Uh, and the character's name is Chris Star. I got a, a number of uh, episodes from that I wrote uh, from cases that he gave me. Man, he was into some really weird stuff. He was in the Philippines for a while, and they had like a manhunt for a long time because someone had killed the most popular transsexual in like in the red light district and stuff. And some of the stuff he told me, I mean, it's interesting, but it's also very odd. You know what I mean? Very unusual, let's say. Anyway, there's an unexpected plug for Codename Starman on sale everywhere. But just go to Amazon. Uh, and also, Homestar Troops. Homestar Troops is a military organization or an organization that Builds homes for our veterans in post-9-11 combat. That's the Afghan war and also the Iraq war. These are folks who came home uh, probably missing a limb. And um, so what Homestar Troops does is build homes for them that is adapted to their needs. In other words, not a lot of stairs maybe, lower counter space, things like that, to make their living a little bit easier, a little bit more easier. And then when the house is done, they rip up the mortgage. They give them the keys. It's their house. They never have to worry about, you know, that thing with the mortgage over your head every month and go out and join society and live really productive lives because they don't have to worry about those things. Homes for our troops, 90 cents of your charity dollar goes to uh, our veterans. So Google them, Homes for our troops, see what they're about, and we're going to have very soon a um, spy trivia question. Uh, I mean, what we're going to do is uh, very soon going to have a um, trivia show. On spies, and we're hoping to have a representative from Homes for Our Troops on. Always a lot of fun. Um, let's see. Other than that, uh, War of Dragons by uh, Mac Mullion, still on sale everywhere. And uh, is that it? Am I forgetting something? Ra- Raven, what are you up to these days? Tell us something. I'm up to nothing. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just watched Asteroid City. Oh, yeah. Is that any good? A couple weeks ago. Any good? I loved it. I'm a big Wes Anderson fan, and I was really, really looking forward to seeing that. Mm -hmm. I don't go to the movie theaters because I cannot deal with people talking through movies. Yeah, yeah. um, Or, God forbid, if they bring a child in, I will scream. Yep. Noisy popcorn eaters. I can't can't go to movie theaters. So I – we – uh, we ended up just buying it because I told Mr. Raven, I'm like, let's be real. I'm going to watch this multiple times because I do for all of it. So it was right. really good. And I would definitely, I would definitely watch it. Yeah. They're supposed to be uh, pretty interesting. Switchy, go ahead. You had, you had your hand raised. Well, I, 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 as you know, I got a new knee and it's been over a month and oh, it's right. uh, working out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Hey, good yeah, for you. Say, uh, yeah, I'm glad. That is serious surgery and uh, lots of recovery time. 
I watched a video of a knee replacement. Oh, why? Why? Look, why? I because I do these things. A switchy <laughs> neck. I looked up. Was I it switchy? Up the images from the from the Manila Film Center disaster. Oh, I just goodness. do no. these things, and I don't no. know why. Yeah. So I watched that video, and I am not a fan. I'm probably <laughs> never getting that done. It would be. <laughs> well, wow. I I'm never watching it. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, don't yeah. Do don't. It. don't do it. It's like seeing a I video. I can't even of... watch winged migration because there will be another bird attacking another bird. Oh yeah. Or a bird gets stuck in an oil patch someplace. Oh, yes. no. I feel sorry and for the he's bird. Saying, why doesn't the filmmaker save the bird instead of just because filming he's it? there? Yeah. He's not. He's just filming nature. He doesn't. He can't intervene. It's just like Green Lantern. <laughs> I lean and I say, save the fucking bird. Not come yeah. save the bird. I could never have that job because I would intervene hey, every listen. chance I got. <laughs> so everyone now, so I'm surrounded by cat lovers here. Did you see the yeah. video today of the eagle that stole the house cat and dropped it in the nest for the little eagles to eat, tear apart? Oh, that's, oh, yeah, no. oh it was awful. I, I mean, well, awful from some point of view. Anyway, oh, no. yeah, that's what happened. So, okay, that killed two minutes. So I want to just thank everyone for listening. And um, this is – oh, we have to say goodbye to everyone. Switchy, thank you for joining us. Switchy. My pleasure for being here. Enjoyed it tonight. Yeah, you got the creepiest shower curtain ever, okay? Is that what you're going for? Uh, well, it's just a cute picture of Mothman, really. Okay. Cute, is, cute as an objective. Cartoon. Uh, one, one, no, well, Al, thanks for joining us, Al. Hey, glad to be here, Mac. Al, in the haunted uh, radio station. <laughs> right. Uh, also, uh, JJ, we'll talk to you soon, okay? We got to right, talk. Yeah, yeah we got to yeah. talk. We have to have a Zoom talk, you and I. Okay. All right, at some point. Raven, now's let's, the time. Let's not do it tonight. I'm kind of wiped out. No, let's me too. It. Yeah, oh, we got to get call you on, I can call you a hard line. Um, okay. Yeah, tomorrow. Just uh, text tomorrow. me and we'll set a time up. Okay? Okay. Just remember the call opens at 4 p.m. these days. Raven, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This Here doing great. all. Here doing all. Looks good. Yeah. You know? I think thank it looks you. We all do. We took a vote. Thank you for joining us. And I just want to thank everybody. Uh, Al, did I thank you? Yes, you did. Did you? Okay. Uh, no, I have to cut out the second thank you. Is that what <laughs> you can thank me twice. Did you get the time on there? Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening to us. And uh, until you hear us again, this is Max and the entire gang saying be safe, be happy, and bye-bye.